Simpsons Index, an online spreadsheet that is also a podcast. This is the podcast. Coming out of SideQuest Studios, this is the Simpsons Index, episode 94. Hello out there, I'm your host, Elliot J. O'Neill, and joining me in SideQuest Studios tonight is Michael Pichonari. Hello. And here, as always, except when he's not, BT Calloway. I never leave. <laughs> and welcome to The Simpsons Index. This is a podcast where we watch and review three episodes of The Simpsons at a time, but there's a twist. Each episode must come from a different decade. And we just watched an episode from the HD era. This was season 26, episode one, Clown in the Dumps. First released in September of 2014, directed by Stephen Dean Moore, written by Joel H. Cohen. In this episode, Krusty's father, uh, Rabbi Hyman Krustovsky, dies. And Krusty is sort of dealing with that and he retires. And does he ever go back to his job? Who knows? And in the B story, Lisa is really worried about Homer's eating habits and wants to take control of his life or some shit uh, guys what did you think it stinks it stinks <laughs> it stinks yes yeah. BT. everything stinks <laughs> was that a b storyline that felt like a fucking z storyline <laughs> it was like there for like five seconds and you miss it it was so nothing and even back uh, what was the episode where Lisa's worried about Homer's weight and mm-hmm. she subscribes him to the subliminal tapes? Yeah. That had more weight than this fucking oh, That, that was an amazing episode. That's uh, where Milhouse gets a girlfriend, I think. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, oh, you that... weren't there for that review. I'm sorry. Well, you know. Here as always, except when you're not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, like a key thing in that episode is like they're actually trying to address yeah. Homer's lifestyle. Whereas here, Lisa just wraps him in bubble wrap. Yeah, and it's like physical danger was not... I can appreciate if they'd done it better, it could have evolved from diet to the threat of everything. Because yeah. he is a really careless person. Yeah, so, but they just, they didn't do that. No. No. Just avoid the whole <laughs> diet, the alcoholism. No, nah, yeah. just rub him in bubble wrap and then he'll get hit by a bus and that'll solve everything. And then she'll realize that, oh, I saved him because I wrapped him in bubble wrap. Ah, it's yeah, nice. it, it, it had little to nothing to do with her concerned about Homer's diet. And yeah, and there's so much more to have her worry about his food intake, but then see his lifestyle and be like, oh shit, there so many things could kill him Yeah, and go from that. But they just didn't do it. No. Well, actually, um, I'm going to say the moment from the story that stood out to me was that whole Lisa storyline. Let's just cap that off, because there's actually not that much more to say about that. No. And I really liked there was an appearance of a sleep apnea mask. Longtime fans of the show will know that I have sleep apnea, and I have one of these masks. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I appreciate a good bit of sleep apnea humour, you know, raise awareness. And BT, you've uh, had similar experience to Lisa and her concerns about the snoring? Yeah, you've fallen asleep on the couch, and I've been terrified I'm going to have to, like, shoulder barge you to get your heart started. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. Yeah. yeah, Because when you don't have that sleep thing on... Yeah, it's terrifying, because maybe you, you just stopped for like a whole minute. I'm like, do I knock you down now? <laughs> I've, been, I've been told it's like the sound of two chainsaws that both keep stalling. <laughs> <laughs> Accurate. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there could have been so much more to mine from that, and... It was just unfortunate because even like the Mrs. Hoover thing, that little interview just felt like such a cutaway. Like, fuck, I forgot that happened. Yeah. And it was just, oh, she does drawings. Oh, she brought life to our resuscitation fucking doll. What the fuck was that? Which is a joke I should have liked, but they backed it up by showing the resuscitation doll breathing. Yeah. And like, I can't know what it says, but it seems to be begging for death. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it has a conscience. Unsettling. 
But yeah, just to cap this section off as well, look, there was a way for them to sort of seamlessly bring this in as, you know, Lisa's worried about death or whatever, but it started on such a non-start as well with Homer reaching for a beam to get up, a beam of light. Yeah. And then before that, with the fucking popcorn, for yeah. some reason, he he doesn't know how to reach for popcorn anymore. Yeah. Like, what the hell was that? They, well, I, I almost like this because, yeah, they kind of triangulate the exact distance where he's not going to be bothered to get up to get the popcorn, but he's going to reach for it. It's just going to be out of his reach. But then his fingers awkwardly snap and it's gross. And Yeesh. Yeah. Actually, I've come up with what I want to mention about this episode, and it's definitely for the worse. I'm going to wave the Callaway flag a little bit and represent my brother and say I hated the song at the end <laughs> when they're singing Jewish Heaven. Like, who's doing... Is it the same guy doing Rabbi Krostovsky? Yeah, yeah. Jackie Mason returns yeah. as... Sounds fucking horrible in the song. Like, he's barely even speaking. It's grizzled and it's awful. It's like they recorded him and didn't give him the music. Yeah, it sounded like two chainsaws stalling. <laughs> but the dumb thing about it is, okay, Krusty has this whole dream sequence where he goes to Jewish heaven and then his father's like, you fool, you don't even know your own people. We don't believe in Jewish heaven. And then they and go to Jewish heaven. And then in the end, it's like, Jewish heaven, I can't wait to see you. So I was like, you just told us this isn't real! <laughs> Ah, it really pissed me off because it's the same problem then. It's that he doesn't know. Ah, it yeah, it really, really. So not only was it a terrible song with a bad joke, but it didn't even make sense for the characters or the story. Yeah, so Krusty, if he didn't know, why would his dream self tell him that there isn't? And then why? Ah, fuck this bit. Ah, Michael, what's a moment from this episode that stands out to you for better or worse? I, I mean, the only thing I could really think of was, other than the fucking disturbing couch gag that, like, made, <laughs> made me have an ex- existential crisis, yep. <laughs> um, Jeff Ross, that is not Jeff Ross. That does not look anything like Jeff Ross. Well, not mm. now, because since he's shaved his head and he's, like, now a fedora guy. <laughs> yeah, but they actually made him look like he's a good-looking guy. I know. And let's be honest, he's not. Yeah, he, he like, that, that was not true to life yeah. at all. No, but Jeff's not going to tell them. If anything, Jeff's going to be like, what the fuck? That's not me. Yeah, as the Roastmaster General, Jeff Ross should have the biggest sense of humour about himself. Yeah, exactly. More than anyone in the world. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. The character... So, BT, do you know who that is? Oh, yeah, I've seen a couple of Roasts. I know who it is. And it was recognisable enough that I'm like, oh, yeah, I know that guy. But, yeah, it didn't look like him. Yeah, yeah. I gotta say, his performance was alright in this episode. I mean... That's his thing. This mm. is what he does. Yeah, but you could tell those weren't his... I mean, like, the, yeah. the one joke I actually laughed at was when he said, you know, Krusty came up with Itchy and Scratchy, and that's what he calls his testicles. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, that's actually funny. But it was it was in, like, the last five yeah. seconds of the episode. Well, that was a bit that pissed me off, mostly, because also really? they... Uh, for two reasons. One, there's a bit earlier where they play an episode of Itchy and Scratchy and Krusty goes, oh my god, that was so violent, who made this? And it comes up with, produced by Krusty the Clown, and then it's got a clip of him going, I did everything! And it's like, okay, for fuck's sake, we know this comes from INS Studios, we yeah. know Russell Myers uh, is the guy who runs it, we know who made Itchy, and the whole. there's a whole episode about how it was made. Yeah. So, you remember your own goddamn history, Simpsons. Yeah, why, why not just put executive producer Krusty and Russell Myers? Yeah. yeah. And, and Or just even say, like, 
approved by Krusty the Clown. Like, it doesn't have to be produced or made by him. Yeah, I think with these new episodes, they just pretend like the audience are fucking idiots or something. Yeah, like that we haven't yeah. been watching for 30 years. Yeah, yeah. like, <laughs> why do you need Krusty to be like, I did this. It's like, we get it. Yeah, Executive it literally said, producer. Yeah, it's, like, it's doubling down on the same bit. Just in case you didn't get it, Remember that this Krusty the Clown is this character's name. Did you know that? Here's a visual reminder. Oh god, he's a clown. I guess yeah. they were trying to do it as like one of those like post-production title cards, you know, like after Brooklyn Nine Nine, Fremulon, or what's the other one? Not a doctor. Shh. Yeah, <laughs> and those are fine, but that's not what this is. That doesn't. But it didn't look like that either. There wasn't no. like a title card. It was just yeah. Yeah, it was been. a shot of Krusty, and if it had just been like the Krusty the Clown logo. And it was it, even animated talking, yeah. Or, yeah, or that would have been something. Yeah, or you could have made it like Gracie Films, but yeah, like sure. had Krusty Incorporated yeah, somehow. much, much like, better. Yeah, and a neat little meta joke as well. Infinitely better already. Yep. Editing by earlier, Jay, here to say that BT and Michael both said Russell Myers before. I think they meant to say Roger Myers Jr. I, it's just that I've got, you know, all those Russell Crowe posters up in the studio. I think I got confused. Anyway, back to the show. We're also capping off today, Michael. We bring you on to do these Krusty and his father episodes. And yeah, this is like the final in the trilogy of those. Oh, and, thank God. And, uh, <laughs> you know, how does this rank to you? Where You know, out of the three episodes, where would you put this? Oh, this is definitely the worst. <laughs> <laughs> absolute bottom of the barrel like the oldest episode had so much heart oh, and what and was purely focused on just the relationship and then here we've got a juggle between the storyline of Krusty's relationship with his father his father's uh, like gone back to being a dick as yeah. well which mm-hmm. I don't understand they've reconciled and they've made differences shouldn't their relationship be better oh there's sorry there's a fucking joke I don't even know if it's a joke because there's a bit where she's all like oh well you know, you're always trying to make jokes and stuff. This is why I only ever call you on Easter and Christmas. I'm like, yeah, bad Jew. Was that even meant to be a joke? Like, and they were trying to do the bad Jew joke before as well of Krusty going, oh, and I'm the ham spokesperson for Hamco. Yeah, it's just like, I, but the thing is, the way it was delivered, it didn't feel like a joke. It just felt because yeah. I was sitting there going, wait a second. <laughs> yeah. Instead of a, huh? I think it was meant to be, but it wasn't a good one. Nah. And yeah, even you were saying, Michael, like when he died, it was that was fast. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, mm. I was like, do you reckon they killed him off because of some sort of issue with the actor himself? I know that you mentioned the actor has some sort of yeah, stance. he has a bad relationship with his daughter who came out as trans and he rejects her now. But I think like more than anything, the guy got too old. So this is the other thing with this episode is that. They really built... This is the season opener, by the way. They really built up the fact that someone was going to die in this episode. And Uh, it was going to be a beloved character that was voiced by a guest star. And the biggest running theory that it was Sideshow Bob. And then that it was revealed that it was Krusty's father was like, so fucking what? He's not a beloved character. We've seen him twice. Yeah. Jeez. (laughs) That hits where I live, man. Yeah, so I remember at the time being extremely disappointed by, one, that choice, two, the fact that they built it up like it was something. I mean, if they just dropped it on us, like... Yeah, it would have been much bigger of a thing. Yeah. But Jackie Mason was quoted as saying it just doesn't want to work that much anymore, but it's not like they were getting him in regularly either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, before we move on with the questionnaire, we should mention this couch gag. Yep. Uh, uh, it's We never usually mention the couch gag, but this one warrants mentioning. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> so if anyone is familiar with Don Hertzfeld, uh, an animator who rose to prominence with his cartoons Rejected and the animation show on YouTube, mm-hmm. I know Danny will be sad that he missed out on this one because... Did Danny introduce oh, Don yeah. Hertzfeld to you as well? Or? Uh, I'm pretty sure I did, yeah. Yeah, so, and we showed Michael <laughs> in a mission in the yeah. third dimension. <laughs> which, what did you think of that one? Uh, just disturbing, honestly. <laughs> I just found the whole thing disturbing. Yeah, so you only get technical, it's postmodernism, weird for the sake of weird. Very much so. Yeah, it doesn't suit The Simpsons I at know. all, either. It, it, it's an odd thing to have thrown in, because I associate these videos with being, you know, late 90s, early Orts. So, did he get more popular recently? Or Well, he's had a string of success. He's produced films and he's oh, yeah. done a lot of his own other animation things. There is a film called It's Such a Beautiful Day, which I loved, but I recognise it is an extremely hard watch. Nice. Like, you have to be into Don Hertzfeld, his style, his real... Yeah, because in this, Homer's fiddling with the remote and it transforms him through different time periods and then he goes in the far future where he's a squid beast and Lisa's this weird mouth on a stick just yelling, I am Simpson! I am Simpson! <laughs> yeah, Bart was like, don't have cow! Don't have cow! <laughs> yeah, so if you didn't know whose style this was, this was just, you would start wondering what was in your dinner. <laughs> that, <laughs> For real. <laughs> well, that's the thing, like, a large majority of Simpsons viewers aren't going to understand what the fuck that was. No. So what, what's the point, really? I mean, I just didn't understand the point of doing that couch gag other than to do something really long mm-hmm. so yeah. they could greatly reduce the amount of time and effort put into the no, actual absolutely. episode. Oh, because this was such a short episode. They had the yeah. long intro sequence as well on top of this extended couch gag. We got to the end of it, I'm like... Are we missing an act? Like, yeah, it's it's a very barren episode. I mean, for me, I loved the Don Hertzfeld couch gag. I think it works more as YouTube content, though, not in a Simpsons episode. Yeah, no, I like that as well, but I also am familiar with that. Yeah. But it's, if you weren't, this was just such a hard left field. It was like, the fuck did I just see? Look, if it wasn't as long, at least I could mm. have, you know, forgiven it a bit the more. The quick chaotic laugh of, what the fuck was that? Yeah. But the fact that it took up so much time mm. makes you think, okay, well, I'm just not going to watch this episode. Yeah, I'll pay that. There was definitely some fat to trim. And I think there is something funny about, like, this is what The Simpsons could look like in the year 30, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that was a good idea. Like With, like, Marge just slapping Homer. I still love you. <laughs> <laughs> that was the funny thing is like, because I can't see the show ever fucking ending. So yeah. Yeah. Like, I was like, okay, at least they realize that. At least we know what the future looks like. (laughs) (laughs) It's like I can touch you! (laughs) So, look, if you're not going to check out the episode, at least check out the couch gag online and also check out Don Hertzfeld. Again, it's like this really weird postmodern animation, Mm. but he does some amazing creative things with mixed media and animation as well. Yeah, I think it's at the end of Rejected with the torn paper and all that. Oh, that's great. Mm. How, like, yeah, he stabbed a hole in a bit of paper and, like, it's kind of like a black hole and everything's animated towards the hole in the paper it's very cool yeah and uh yeah in the one we watched tonight with the lollipop that the ants eat and all that sort of stuff and quite amazing stuff and yeah there's a bit of mixed media in this as well cutting in some real life footage and things but all right so play count how many times before tonight have you seen this episode never and never again yep i'd like to say the same all right so aside from the couch gag how about the other wacky moments from the episode what were some of the cartoony elements that stood out to you Okay, a couple of jokes I did like. So, Krusty goes to Tears of a Clown counselling. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, I got a joke out of that. And I do like, it starts with a guy going, I understand what it's like to be a clown. I was a clown briefly in the uh, circus and has a picture of him with an elephant. It's like, that elephant and I had some differences and he puts his feet on an elephant's stool. It's like, don't we work them out? It's like, that wasn't bad. Yeah, that that was really dark, but um, that it didn't draw too much focus. Yeah, it was just subtle. It was just there if you noticed it. And I endlessly appreciate that mm. i don't know if it's really wacky uh, but homer forcing bart's face in his uh, lab yeah. i just found that incredibly that was gross and he's like oh it's all muscle feet it's like what the fuck is going on right and it now? was on the back of a pretty good pun i mean i know people might think that you know a good pun is sort of subjective but crossy's like is your dad a rabbi and he goes no nah, my dad's more of a flabby i liked it but they should have just left it there that they drag it out with this home pushing front yeah and, and the gut, fact, before that so we uh i can't remember what happens we go from this roast of crusty it hard cuts to him outside of whatever a swapper jacks is and he tells a joke like like doing stand up out the front of a supermarket is a thing. Yeah, and it's, it's something like I kind of remember. It's like so, the third guy puts his nickel down. Well, I thought Swapper Jacks was a different thing. It's like what the fuck did I just hear? It was <laughs> such a what the fuck is going on moment. Yeah, uh, it, was, it felt like half that scene was cut. It vanished somehow. And they were like, oh shit, did we delete that? Fuck, I put it in anyway. No one's gonna notice. Yeah, that that it- happened after the roast, right? Yeah. Yeah, which, a joke that I'm still not sure if I like or not, and it was a bit wacky, where Krusty's all depressed after getting roasted, and he pulls out, uh, mini haha, the routine's over, tell the others, and puts him down in his pants, implying that there is at least three miniature clowns in his pants. I, I kind of liked it. I'm on the same page. I'm going to give that a tick, just because everything else here is just so... Yeah. That's mm. the sound of my feelings. <laughs> but yeah, all the Jewish heaven stuff as well. There was a Rodney Dangerfield impression here that really missed the mark, I felt. Yeah, although I do like the line, I get so much respect. It's like, yeah. It's all he ever wanted. <laughs> but yeah, that was performed by Maurice LaMarche. And, you know, I'm quite surprised because Maurice is like normally an excellent character actor. Mm. And he was here in earlier in the episode as Clive Merriweather, the reviewer. And although he's pretty much just doing his Oscar Wilde voice. It, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, and the other bit that I liked was him. Hey, could you turn this water into a Bloody Mary? That was pretty good. Yeah, it feels very uh, Rodney Dangerfield material. Yeah, any other wacky moments you want to mention? I found it interesting that Sideshow Mel and Bob, was that their first time like meeting each other? Because yeah, they so. acted like that was their first yeah. encounter. I think so, but also, why is Sideshow Bob there? Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, interesting point. Krusty's father dies, so naturally we're going to get his arch enemy out of prison to come to the funeral. Like, yeah. Why? And it wasn't even worth it for Mel doing, like, a jaded, drunk person. So this is the Sideshow Bob whose comedic brilliance I can never match. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Good thing we got a mass murderer out of uh, prison for this. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) This is season 26. He's done this a lot by this point. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, in the season prior, in season 25, Sideshow Bob hulks out on Springfield after he genetically modifies himself. Fuck. (laughs) Can I pre fail an episode? (laughs) (laughs) We're not even watching this one, (laughs) folks. Just sending it straight to the pit. (laughs) Yeah. Sending this one down the well, all the way down. So, yeah, this is like another bad version of an old joke where Krusty goes, ah, the guy I hired you couldn't fill your shoes or whatever he says. Yeah. Mel's watching it on TV and goes, all I can be is myself. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So. How about the heart of this episode? Did Keep it... moving. 
<laughs> well, they at least went for it in the funeral scene and all that. I felt like I lost my heart while watching <laughs> this fucking yeah, episode. Yeah, like the the idea of heart is there. Krusty loses his father. And I'm sitting there going, I should feel something. I just don't. Because there's this whole thing where his last words were, you are, eh. Yeah. And then that's like haunts Krusty, but only kind of. And they built him up as such a prick that, of course, you're not going to care about him when he dies. Yeah, and yeah. then Krusty too. I think at this point he's being kind of an obnoxious douche, and uh, you also don't care about his pains. You're like, well, no. what else you got? Lisa's worried about her dad being okay. What are you going to do with? Ah, oh, it's over. Okay, well, and that and that is part of the problem with this episode being so short. They didn't give time or weight to any of this stuff that should have landed. Yeah, I, I should care. It's very reasonable to have Lisa concerned about her father's health, and that should, you know, spark memories of watching uh, The Lion King and seeing Simba's dad die and being like, my father's going to die one day. (laughs) Totally. And just jumping on your part, Michael, of everyone being such a prick, you know, Homer as well, Lisa's showing genuine concern and he just piles potato salad in front of her face. Mm. Yeah. And he doesn't redeem it, like, after either. He just gets hit by a bus, and that's meant to be his redeeming sort of moment in the whole episode. And, like, what is that even? He's like, oh, you shouldn't worry about wrapping me in bubble wrap. Hey, it came in handy. And Lisa's like, oh, I got to have control. What is the resolution? What happened? <laughs> so from now on, Homer has to always be wrapped in bubble yeah, wrap. because that's her one degree of control that she feels better about yeah. life. It's yeah. Just, mm. And she was just, like, uh Yeah, and also if I can go into a brief... Jordan Tate O'Connor! Jordan Tate O'Connor. Where Otto crushes through the fence, that fence does not face a road. No. (laughs) That's a landlocked fence, so... And we see a road, it's like, there's no road there, you liars. Actually, in an episode that I watched recently, outside of index purposes, Mom and Pop Art, because Mm -hmm. worst episode ever reviewed it recently, and I wanted wanted to revisit it, it's a good one. That hammock and that fence is next to Flanders' yard. Yep. Because that is where Homer pours the beer in the coconut, then he throws the can away. Homer. You throw the can away. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah i don't even get the point of crusty's like emotional arc in this episode like why he quit like is he like trying to redeem himself in the eyes of his father this whole time i don't even know he like yeah he just quits like no particular reason and then i really hate when he goes i'm gonna quit the show and of course so is sideshow mail it cuts to mail he's like yes honey buy the house i'm gonna be like what uh, it's like don't quit. You don't have to quit just because Krusty said you were quitting. Yeah. You this know, could have you... made for a much better episode. Yeah, where in... Mel takes over. Yeah. See, better episode. Easy. So much easier. Just you have to put some effort in. Yep. Ah. <laughs> yeah, the, I mean, there's just so little to say about that heart. That funeral scene should have been doing that. And they try pointlessly to get Lisa's emotion and concern for her father in that moment as well as a double whammy. And it should have been that. It just didn't land. Yeah. Ah, and I just thought the other part that really pissed me off is... So Krusty's like, has this dream, and then his dad's like, you know, help other people. He wakes up and goes, I'm going to help other people. Cut to him opening a center for animals that Cirque du Soleil put out of work. And a reporter's like, say, Krusty, have you fulfilled your promise to your father? You hadn't a dream that I couldn't have possibly known about? It's like, why the fuck are we just... ah!" Just exposition dump reporter. And it's like, no, I'm still not fulfilled. It's like, oh, wow, just explain the plot to me, why don't you? Yeah, that like we don't know what Krusty's goal was. Like, I think that's really standing out to me well, now. Well, apparently it was to help people, which he did by helping Cirque du Soleil animals. Yeah, you know the the most important charity in America today. And another thing that I hated about Krusty's arc as well is like Bart just reappearing and goes, "Hey, I went to Temple," and takes him and sees yeah. the comedian that his dad once admired, and turns out like this guy was using the same jokes, like. I don't, I don't know, like, shouldn't have Krusty been mad that this guy was biting his material? 
<laughs> Should have been. That could have been an interesting. Ah, fuck it. Again, if they'd given any time to the, any of this, it yeah. could have been felt. Speaking of which, did it feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Yeah, mm. let's keep moving. Yeah. <laughs> felt like an empty husk. I don't know if the characters necessarily were off. It's just that the show had no... Yeah, you know what? It wasn't concrete. The couch gag felt more like a Simpsons episode <laughs> than this. <laughs> yeah. I am Simpson! That was way more Simpsons than this was. I felt like Lisa was like the only true yeah. like character that true to character stayed. For him. Yeah. yeah, Homer was just jerk-ass Homer. The most I can give him is he's kind of just oblivious and... I almost like when he's like, oh, honey, I could live to be 100 or I could get hit by a bus. I wanted him to make more of a speech on you can't control life, so you may as well enjoy it or something like that. That could have been a good moment, a good heart-to-heart moment, but the script just decides to throw a bus into the scene. Yeah, exactly, to throw a little literal bus in. And it's like, what it should have been is no one knows how much time they have. The importance is that you enjoy it, and I'm so lucky to have you as my daughter. There you go. Big heart moment, really easy. Honestly, that's it could have used an extra act. Like the moment of Lisa wrapping him in bottle wrap and then Homer making that speech should have been an act apart. Mm. Same with Krusty and his father. They should have had the moment where Hyman tells Krusty I didn't really like your material, which is not exactly new information for us no, either. He's never liked his act. So yeah, it shouldn't be that much of a shock to Krusty anyway. But then there should have been another act and then he dies. Yeah. What you need to do is find out his father didn't like his act, but he respected him as a performer. Because yeah. that's the big thing. Well, that's part of what reconciles them to begin with is that he doesn't want him to be a clown he becomes one anyway yeah yeah this episode's trying to do something that was already done ages ago yeah very much, much better. it's trying to re- repeat the same plot line but just killing off rabbi this the time. rabbi yeah ah, yeah again just i think yeah between the hertzville comic and being able to say someone's gonna die was just the simpsons trying to viral market the 26th season of the show which as well a reviewer of this episode also mentioned that this is on the back of when Simpsons did like a, I think it was like a two week marathon of all Simpsons episodes in celebration of launching Simpsons world. It's not available in Australia. Fucking damn it. But it's the American app where they've got every Simpsons on there and all commentaries and special features and stuff. Mm-hmm. Good idea. Yeah. yeah. If so, only we had that. I know, right? We'll get it. So. Be very useful. <laughs> but they did this big two-week marathon of all these Simpsons episodes. And one of these reviewers mentioned, and it led to the season 26 premiere. And it was like, uh, we just got shown all the best of the Simpsons mm. and then you lead up to this. Yeah, hope you had fun, guys. Now, look how far we've fallen. <laughs> but yes or no, would you watch it again? No. No. BT, what would you change about this episode? Carve about half of it out or, you know, flesh either story into a full A story. Add another act. You could do so much and just, it doesn't even take a lot. Yeah. You know, that's the most infuriating part. It's an easy fix. Definitely. Michael, what would you change? Yeah, the old episode of Krusty and the rabbi relationship, that the first episode that we watched together, you know, that was the way that you should follow it. Just stick Definitely. with Krusty and the rabbi relationship. Mm. Stick with them. Separate them into their own episodes because there's enough there. You don't need to make all of this shit happen in one episode yeah. because then it just becomes a rush and you keep jumping between them. And then the audience is going through this shit so fast that they don't even get to know what's really going on just like how i felt that's why i didn't remember half the shit that happened in this episode (laughs) that's the thing it's where i 
can't remember much, but then I look at my notes and I remember something, I get angry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Anything I remember pisses me off. <laughs> yeah, to me, this episode is a bag of dry concrete. It's like, it's not been mixed with water. It's not laid into a path or anything. <laughs> it's just the fucking bag of concrete. And, and, and you <laughs> said this was the opener for season 26. Like, yeah. Fucking hell. Like, at least... If this was in the middle of the season yeah. or at the end, I'd Where be like... Where the natural sag of viewership is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but for our first episode, fuck, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know that whole we're saying of put your best foot forward? Nope. <laughs> we're going with the gimp leg. <laughs> nope, we decided to put our foot forward and then shot it. <laughs> so guest stars of the episode, there was a lot. So we mentioned before Jeff Ross. Mm-hmm. Jackie Mason returns as Hyman Krostowski, Kelsky Grammel did play Sideshow Bob. Don Hertzfeld as well did all the voices in the couch gag. David Hyde Pierce makes a weird little yeah. cameo. And yeah. not as Cecil. No, they had, as himself. Yeah, they had Bob in this episode, but they had David Hyde Pierce, who played Cecil, but not playing Cecil. Yeah, playing himself in a stage production of, what was it, uh, The Odd Couple? I don't know. Teeny was throwing plates at him or some shit. I don't even remember. Might yeah. have, that might have been funnier if it I, was Cecil because Cecil wanted to be a clown. So, like, yeah, uh, he yeah could have but been a he's also in prison. So, you'd have to have a reason he's not in prison. He's in the prison production of whatever the fuck it was. Yeah. There we prison go. <laughs> Teeny went to jail on drug yeah. charges or something. Yeah, yeah sure. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, this whole thing was just a wash. I don't, like, I don't know why it was here. No. And also, Sarah Silverman was criminal underutilized in yep. the roast as well mm-hmm. she got one fucking joke and much like jeff ross i would have liked to see what his material if he wrote it was fucking yeah let sarah silverman unleash on crusty yeah i'm sure she could come up with some stuff but yeah all she got was oh i didn't even write what her joke was i just wrote sarah silverman one joke are you fucking kidding i i <laughs> remember the joke it was i grew up watching you crusty oh wait i mean i threw up or i uh... watching you I was like, well, okay. Sarah Silverman did not write that. No. Sarah Silverman is actually a good comedian. Mm. And, and yeah, her recent special on Netflix is fucking dope. Oh, cool. We're there. BT, do you have any other notes? Dumb line I really disliked was his father dies and Cross goes, oh, no, he's never going to live to see me be successful. He is, he's a mold. He's got a mansion. He's, yeah. He's popular, even if he's not good. He's successful, for fuck's sake. And well, I'll leave on a high note. One line I did like was... um. Marge is like, oh, you're going to watch a roast. I've heard those can get a little B-L-U-E. So it's like, she's so conservative. She's not even going to say... Because blue in context can be offensive. Yeah. (laughs) Not even going to spell out crass or offensive or anything like that. No, blue. The word that references offensive. (laughs) (laughs) How about you, Michael? Any other notes? Oh, there was a Mr. T appearance. That oh, was yeah, cool. he was in the background when they were yeah, like, that photo. going to the photo album. And yeah, I thought yeah. that was a good continuity reference at least. Yeah. Remind your audience that you've done this story <laughs> much better in the past. <laughs> With Mr. T. Yeah. Yeah, remember when we did this better? Please try and remember this as we <laughs> limp our way through this right. episode. When they said that like they were going to kill off a character, did anyone really think that it was going to be a fucking like an actually good character though no because they didn't bill it as like the maud thing where it was going to be a regular recurring simpsons character they did say it was going to be a guest star yeah it was a character that was voiced by a guest actor and so yeah a lot of people thought it yeah could have been sideshow bob could have been fat tony honestly it'd be time for sideshow bob his storylines have gone so far down oh god remember the season 29 one we watched you're gonna have to remind me how angry did it make me the bomb shelter (laughs) 
Ah, oh, fuck. Yeah, that was that was mostly weird. It wasn't even the worst. I think Funeral for a Fiend is still worse, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know what else you could really do with him, eh? No, they've oh, absolutely run the gambit. And, it's and, just... I haven't, and I haven't even seen these new episodes. Yeah, they're bad. But, I mean, like, when there was that episode with Cecil, I mean, after that, honestly, oh, yeah. I feel like he should have never really done any crazy scheme. Because no, because, like... that, well, that was a big redemption for him as well. He decided to not kill Bart in that one, and then the very next time we see him, he's back to trying to kill Bart, and it's like... But you were over this. Yeah, if anything, wouldn't you try and kill Cecil? Yeah, because that would be he was the reason that you got locked yep. up. Alright guys, time for my final notes. Finally. There was a weird cutaway at the start where they talk about sleepovers at Ralph's place with Chief oh, Wiggum. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, he shows us crime scene photos. Like, <laughs> and like, Art Millhouse, I can see you pretending to sleep. Come look at the world we live in. It's like, okay. Also, it doesn't make sense. They're not really friends with Ralph. Like, they wouldn't have sleepovers. Yeah, also, Wiggum's never been that harsh of a person. No. (laughs) He would look at a crime scene and go, ew, 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 ew. Uh, gross. That's right. And, yeah, and that it was such a hard cutaway sort of joke as well was so shit. The canned laughter in the roast was so obviously, it was like it was a free YouTube MP3. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was so obviously canned. It was so bad. The writing is canned as well. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that shit. And it's past its best before. Yep. Spirey 1998. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's like they saw the comedy roast and they made a couple of good points. Yeah, these are cheap to produce and easy to churn out. Mm-hmm. And then they made the most cheapest, easiest to churn out episode of The Simpsons to mm-hmm. back it up. It's like, it doesn't become this biting critique anymore if your nope. product is fucking equally, if not more inferior than Comedy Central roasts. Yeah. By the way, just for anyone out there, Greg Gerardo, he's a comedian that died. He used to do a lot of these roasts. Yeah, um, hilarious. Yeah, he is fucking incredible. Discovered him also through a cracked article. Mm-hmm. And he is just so amazing. Yeah, go check out Greg Gerardo's appearances on the Comedy Central roasts. I liked that Marge made the mozzas into Play-Doh shapes. Yeah. Use the Play-Doh press, yeah. But also, why is she consoling Krusty in this moment? Yeah, and why a, would she think his tiny spoon is for soup? I almost like that. Really? It's, well, it's just such a Marge thing, but it also implies she's seen that tiny spoon so many times mm. that she has the association of Krusty and soup. I mean, I suppose they are such close friends. Oh, wait, they don't never hang out. That's why it's like, why yeah. is she consoling him, especially when they're flipping between Bart consoling him in various points in the episode again there's no consistency it should have also been about bart being destroyed that his hero wants to quit comedy and it would have made more sense if bart gave him the soup yeah bart would want to look after crusty then you have a parallel between lisa trying to look after homer and bart trying to look after crusty totally and oh uh, and also then you've also got a reason for why the mozza has been pressed into play-doh um yeah. shapes because bart made it, it of course he, he doesn't know what he's doing yeah yeah uh I didn't mind also, would you like a therapy dog? Yes, with relish. Like Again, it's just puns that I like. <laughs> I was mad because I thought we'd get to see a puppy, and we didn't. I hated the Itchy and Scratchy cartoon. That was dumb. Fuck, that was lazy. It's a good metaphor for this episode, though. It's just, and then he gets blown up the end. But Itchy wasn't even there. Yeah. It was just Scratchy and his child that explodes, and they called it Breaking Dead, so you're already like, oh, they're going to do a Breaking Bad ref. Nope. Nope. Ugh. Ugh. Uh, the Rubik's Cube bit, what do you guys think of that? I will say, I was expecting it the other way, when he's like, ah, oh, finally got time to work on this Rubik's Cube, and I was expecting him to, like, turn, 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 nah, throw it away. I do, like, turn, turn, accidentally solved it. Oh. Damn it. Yeah. Yeah. So, just because I wasn't expecting it, I will give it something. 
Sure. Oh, fucking Kent Brockman's self-knowing rant, though, was so labored. Again, it's one of these things that if you're going to, like, make biting critique on the tacky nature of other things... Yeah, don't be tacky bullshit yourself. Homer weirdly turns green as he swallows his sleep apnea mask, and... (laughs) That's not the colour you turn when you choke. Well, you're the one who wears the mask, so you've never seen it. Oh, that's true. (laughs) They could have brought back the Artie Ziff... Uh, yeah, the, sleep yeah that's machine. way better. No, that one, that the one that plays pop music. Yeah, yeah why not? <laughs> it would have been good continuity. Mm. That's a very good point. Yeah, look, I actually don't give a fuck about the rest of my notes. They're all terrible. It is time to rank this thing! On the Simpsons Index, we rank using our six-point scale, which starts down the bottom at failure. But maybe if the episode is just meh, you give a participant. But for the good rankings, you got good bronze, great silver, excellent gold, but for the best of the very best, the best episodes in the world, you give Cubic Zirconia. And let me go first. I'm going to show you how it's done. Man, I came into this as a participant, but I might be a failure. I don't know. I'm going to say failure now, but I'm to use a BT line, I might blurt out something later. Yeah, fair. BT, what do you reckon? Uh, well, much like Krusty's dad, I'd love to give this a... Uh, but it would have to work very hard to get up to air. This is shit on every level. There's no, it's, <laughs> jo- it's laughless, it's heartless. Everything I remember about it makes me angrier. Dead set failure. And Michael, finish it off. Yeah, I'm putting this in the Jewish hell. <laughs> Giving it a sh- fucking capital F. Big old capital F. So this will be a unanimous failure. We are giving this episode the index finger. Yeah. <laughs> this will be joining other such episodes as Dogtown from season 28, which we reviewed with you last time, Michael. Oh, yeah, that was bad. <laughs> <laughs> you had that look of like, oh, that's right. I remembered that happening. <laughs> <laughs> this will also be joining Future Drama, that bad season 16 Future Jump episode where mm. Homer and Marge are divorced. Funeral and- for a Fiend, which we mentioned before. Yep. And a few that we reviewed the other week in our HD Wasteland, The Last Traction Hero, and Homerland, which was so offensive. I'm kind of curious, what was really offensive about Homerland? Uh, so Homer goes on a business trip, and then he disappears for a few days, and he comes back, and Lisa suspects he's a terrorist because he doesn't eat meat or drink alcohol anymore, and he also prays towards the East. It's like, uh-huh. yeah. Wow. <laughs> I know. So, okay. It's just really tactless. Does it make sense why? Like, do they do a good job of explaining why he's doing Hi- that? Hippies kidnapped him and showed him the error of his ways. So, yeah. Is that really what happened? Yep. Yeah. Holy <laughs> shit. So, yeah, they're setting it up as, oh, he's doing Muslim stuff. He must be a terrorist. Yeah, that's the thing. It's not that. He's working on plans for a bomb. He must be a terrorist. It's He's doing Muslim things. He's a terrorist. It's like, for fuck's sake. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's Fuck. bad. Yeah. Like, I think it may be my new worst episode ever. Really? Like, wow. A, yeah. Oh, it is so much more offensive than Gaga. Yeah. That's true. It's definitely... Yeah. And yeah, the other episode that we failed from HD Wasteland is How I Wet Your Mother, where Homer's got a bedwetting problem, and so they do Inception stuff to figure out why. <sighs> this happens... It's not a fantasy episode. This fucking happened. (laughs) (sighs) Oh, I've just killed a little part of Michael. (laughs) Killed all of me. (laughs) All right, before we move on, is that reputation justified? Is that reputation justified? Oh, we've got a new singer for it. Yeah, switching things up a little bit. All right, so from the AV Club, the unpredictable Dennis Perkins. Dennis the Wildcard Perkins. (laughs) They gave this episode a C. All right, that's pretty low for them, isn't it? It's participant, I'd say, on their scale. He said, 
anticlimactic premiere whose overstuffed cameos and would-be big character death amounted to little more than dispiriting confirmation that its best days are indeed gone. Yeah, that seems accurate. And Jessie Shadeen from IGN, who I don't think we've come into contact before, but she's done a lot of the season. Here comes a new challenger. (laughs) Player two has entered. (laughs) She gave this episode a 5.8. For IGN, that is low. That is very low. Concluding, between an anticlimactic death, Mm-hmm. <laughs> if reviewers agree and a redundant conflict mm-hmm. yep. the Simpsons didn't start season 26 off on the right foot hey I made a metaphor about feet earlier as yeah. well well see for IGN to give something like under a 5 you have to kidnap one of their family members and start mailing them back in pieces yeah. so a 5.8 <laughs> is low very low for IGN yeah all right, guys, I think we need to put this one behind us. Mm-hmm. That one was the 553rd episode of The Simpsons. We're going all the way back to the 362nd episode. See Homer Run. We'll be back. And we are back, and we just watched our Teens Era episode. This was Season 17, Episode 6, See Homer Run. First released in November of Ought 5, it was directed by Nancy Cruz, written by Stephanie Gillis. In this episode, Homer rejects Lisa's handmade Father's Day present to him, and to win her affections back, he takes on the role of the school's safety salamander and ends up running for the office of mayor. Yeah. Guys, what'd you think? I I laughed. Yeah, at least it was it was definitely a step up, a marked yeah. improvement. Yeah, oh, I yeah. had some fun. I have seen this one before, and I literally couldn't remember what ha- I didn't. I remember none of the mayor stuff. Really, mostly because yeah, I think once the safety salamander bit is done, this it just doesn't know what to do with itself anymore. Mm. Yeah, I don't actually get what the connect was between the giant accident that happened and Mayor Quimby being called up for recall. He just yeah. casually mentioned in the middle of the giving the key pass to the city, to the safety salamander for saving all the people, just mentioned, uh, you can't get rid of me unless you have a recall election. And they're like, oh, let's have a recall election. But he didn't do anything. Uh, <laughs> also, his, his nephew is the one that like, yeah. like detests him. And it's like, why would the nephew have also, a problem with him? And wasn't the nephew his press secretary? Yeah. yeah. And so he... Why is his own press secretary throwing shade at him? Yeah. Yeah. Plus, if that's the same nephew from yeah. like the older Which episodes. it is, the same design. It looks yeah. like Freddy, yeah. 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 Chowder. Yeah. Chowder. Yeah. Chowder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck would he care? He would want him to well, that, keep being mayor yeah. so he can just do whatever he wants. And not only that, if he's not mayor anymore, he doesn't have a job. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. he's his press secretary. <laughs> so fuck, yeah. But I mean, having said all that, I had a lot of fun with some of the jokes. Yeah, yeah. There's, there was something fun to be had here. It's just, yeah, the story itself is yeah, odd. All right, so let's get into the questionnaire. We'll start with you, Michael. What is a moment from this episode that stood out to you, for better or worse? Uh, I like the bit when um, Marge was saying to buy... You can't just ask for money to buy your yeah. dad a gift for Father's Day. and Because then, then it's not from you. Yeah, because it's not from you. <laughs> and then Bart was like, where do you get your money from? And she's just like, ah, here you have it. And that was followed up by another joke that I like where they're running with this Father's Day theme. And hmm. Chief Wigan goes to Ralph, oh, Ralphie, here's $5 for you to go get me a gift. And just swallows it. <laughs> yeah. And then he pulls fifty dollars out. And hey, like, you finally paid off. See, at first I thought that was going to be a stupid joke, but yeah. then when he spat out the fifty, I was like, "This is actually a good joke." They like, yeah, but then they out. overstepped yeah. it with yeah. the whole hundred yeah. thing, and it's like, oh, you had it. You almost had it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a shame. 
How about you, BT? What is a moment from this episode that stands out to you for better or worse? Uh, I do like all the people writing for Maya. Like, the idea that as soon as Quimby is challenged... Every crackpot, knob job, and disco stew. Yeah, it just opens the floodgates and everyone has a go. And it also kind of ties into why he stays in power, because there's just so many candidates. None of them got the 5% required to overthrow him. And so he just remained... Yeah, it, mm. it surprisingly worked. And you get some you know, quick rapid-fire jokes out of all of it. So Crazy Cat Lady gets some jabs in. <laughs> Jimbo has a really good uh, TV oh, I love commercial. This campaign ad. <laughs> Jimbo Jones, tough on nerds, tougher on dorks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Crazy Cat Lady as well, doing her hysterical thing. But yeah, it was like the sliding door joke where like bits of her policy just uh, leaked through. Small <laughs> business incentives. Well, as we've learned, she used to be quite the professional. She was both oh, a lawyer right. and a doctor until the pressure made her crack. So. That's right. And I think this is the first mention of her actual name, Eleanor Abernathy, because, mm. yeah, Springfield Up, where we discovered her a tragic backstory. <laughs> yeah, that was season 18. Yeah, I'm going to say the moment from the story that stood out to me was, yeah, the whole Lisa book thing, which... I thought they kind of bungled the setup, but the moment that Homer sticks it to the fridge, I think they really sell that moment. Mm. Yeah, slides down the fridge, falls into the little water compartment, gets <laughs> drenched and just destroyed. Oh, and, and yeah, the when, follow up. Yeah, and like we in the audience as well, we get a bit destroyed for Lisa. Yeah, yeah. I totally felt for Lisa. But yeah. I love the follow up of uh, she's like, oh, dad. And he's like, no, what? It wasn't my fault, stupid magnet. She runs off crying. He looks at the magnet. What's she so sad about? It says, to dad love Lisa on the magnet. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> inadvertently mocking another one of her gifts. It was a very good bit. Yeah. 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 I just, I don't think they quite sold either his jerk arsiness or. Lisa sort of seemed a bit desperate when she was giving the gift, so you didn't really want to give her the sense of satisfaction about it either. You were a cold, cold man. I don't know. She like even for Lisa, who's just a child, she was being a bit needy in that moment. Yeah, she she is like eight though. Yeah, so I, I know. Suppose. She worked hard but, on but this. But see, this is like <laughs> this is where Homer should have been an asshole. Like in that last episode, he was too much of an asshole. In yeah. this episode, he's not enough of an asshole. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think he's just a little disconnected, maybe a little discompassionate. Yeah, yeah. I think that's it. It's like. The moment wasn't sold for me because he was disconnected. Mm. But I did like how much he loved Bart's gift, though, the multi-tool <laughs> and whatever. Because these were extremely popular at that time. Mm. Oh, yeah, and I like the multi-tool when it's got the like the demo model Bart's looking at that kind of folds out and then folds <laughs> out again and again and again. It's got like a cell phone, a gun, a troll doll. Tiny little bugle. <laughs> Tiny little bugle. <laughs> i got to say. <laughs> that, it'd be a good way to start your morning off right. <laughs> yeah, but like I even love Homer's fantasy where he saves the day and rescues Marge. <laughs> with an Alan <laughs> And even his line, oh, this is such a perfect gift. Following this would be like the London Philharmonic being followed by Jessica Simpson. Now, what do you have, sweetie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. A couple of mentions the Simpsons have to Jessica Simpson. And mm -hmm. one time Lisa's flipping through a gossip magazine. She goes, oh, what's cousin Jessica up to? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I remember that. All right. So play count. How many times before tonight have you seen this episode? I think I might have seen this once. Yeah? Ages ago. 
Yeah. Uh, probably twice, I feel like. And yet, I never remember how the second half. Yeah, this is a third timer for me. I'll admit, like, I don't really return to season 17 that much. And mm-hmm. I think we even saw the Italian bobs on this disc. So, yeah. avoid that one like the plague so much. Though, I avoid the surrounding episodes. Well, the, the less plague now. There, there, are oh, more, yeah. there are more plaguey episodes. <laughs> Wackiness. So, let's talk about some of the cartoony elements of this episode. I really like Giddy Homer when he's like... Ooh, tonight's Father's Day Eve. And then he's like, there's no Father's Day. Is there a Daddy Claus? <laughs> he's got a little photo of like mm. Santa Claus and a golf buggy. God. I hated this bit. <laughs> Why is he putting up a cutout of him that looks angry? I don't know, but I enjoyed his giddiness. It's like when Marge's like, oh, we've got to go to the mall. Kids, he's like, ooh, can I come? <laughs> I know I can't. <laughs> okay, I like that line. <laughs> but I mean, in this bit as well, so there's no Super Bowl bunny. And, uh, that I could, yeah, that wasn't great, but I just enjoy his giddiness afterwards. That's what really solves it for me. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Look at me trying to just uh, bash the little bit of joy out of everything. <laughs> <laughs> you monster. You have nephews and nieces now. They're going to bring you adorable pictures. You're going to be like... <laughs> What is this? You call this art? <laughs> you couldn't even get Ethiopian pipe cleaners with medium fuzz. <laughs> I actually like that joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, any other wacky moments that stood out to you? Uh, just all the emergency vehicles crashing at once was pretty funny and just yeah, causing like that. that massive pile up. Yeah, I enjoyed the pile up scene. <laughs> I didn't like how it started, though, with Brandine giving birth and now cut the umbrella cord. Like, yeah, it was a weird almost tie-in because Bart steals the sign, which, come to think of it, never comes back, does it? But then he's no, like, I, I told you to turn on Bart Avenue. And he's like, well, there ain't no Bart Avenue. Well, you know, I'm going to cut the umbilical cord while driving anyway. It's like, this this accident was bound to happen. Oh, my God. I totally forgot that that was even um, the, the setup. Yeah, yeah. The- yeah. Oh, there should have even been a throwaway line first. Like, I'm going to find the person that keeps pinching all those street signs, you <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah, would have been a good connection. Uh, other wacky moments. So a bit, you know, with Homer in his salamander suit. That was a little bit wacky at times. Yeah, especially when it, like, Marge washes it so it falls apart. Like, I don't know what your average mascot costume is made of, but sturdier stuff than that. Right in, mascots. I don't know. I felt like this was a really obvious story turn, and especially yeah. when you see the debate and it's all shrunk and stretched on him, you already have deduced mm. that's what happened. And then he goes, huh, this is first shrunk in the wash. It must have shrunk with motor. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And the crowd being like, oh, my God, he's human. Yeah. I can't listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty weak sauce, but... I got to admit, I liked a couple of the visual gags with the salamander suit, like how he's comforting Lisa with the tail. And he, how are you doing? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, At the very end, he's got phantom pain when he doesn't have the tail mm. anymore. That was maybe mm. a bit much. Oh, the chicken. Yeah. <laughs> popped out of the tail. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Started out as an egg. Yeah. I yeah, didn't mind bad. that. Any other wacky moments? Mo is pasting over Homer's face in the wedding album. <laughs> <laughs> I do love him just, here comes the Mo, da-da-da-da, because these are things that really happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We- weirdly enough, that sold it. <laughs> the craft store is called, do it yourself, you lazy ass. <laughs> Great sign gags, of course, in The yeah. Simpsons. Always killing it. Yeah, and Homer's campaign poster says, honesty, fairness, available for parties. <laughs> so that's pretty good. Yeah, so, yeah, let's talk about that. So, I still don't get the connection between why Skinner thought by punishing Lisa and bringing in Homer, and then he felt like the need to help Homer win Lisa's respect again by making him the school's safety salamander. 
that wasn't the worst thing in the world because he's like, uh, Lisa doesn't behave like this, so why is she? Oh, it's got to be a problem with her parental figure. If we fix that, we'll fix Lisa. I think that yeah, because Principal Skinner was so like restrained to put the brownie sticker on her file. So yeah, that is like, true. He knows this isn't her. Yeah, so, and he yeah. knows that she's pretty much their best student. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, losing her would really throw off the grading curve. Yes. <laughs> I did love that moment, though, of Lisa flipping out, oh, though. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> Which one sex. of you boys threw Lisa's backpack through my window? <laughs> no, I couldn't have thrown my own backpack. It had to have been a boy. Yeah, I like that as well. And he's doing, you know, the parent thing is, you know, I'm going to count to three. And <laughs> I have a frowny sticker. Yeah. Don't make me affix it to your file. <laughs> I'm peeling off the back. <laughs> So what does she throw at him? Her shoe and her saxophone. <laughs> yeah, that was the final straw. What's the saxophone? I was like, fuck, Lisa must be pissed. But I do kind of like that Skinner wasn't getting angrier. He was getting more, like, disheartened. He was like, mm. all right, I have to do this. Puts the sticker on. Yeah. No, that's it. You know, he counted to two and a half and she was still being a shit. So yep. he got to three. <laughs> this is how kids learn fractions. <laughs> <laughs> two and a half. Two and three. Yeah, quarters. that's it. There's no fractions between one and two, but the <laughs> amount of fra- potential fractions in two. Um, how about the heart of this episode? Speaking of all things, Lisa <laughs> yeah, and Hart. No, I've, you get a little bit for the whole Lisa storyline, I suppose, but uh, yeah. I, I felt Hart when they were like dancing when yeah, Homer and Lisa were dancing at the end. But I feel like there was a massive missed opportunity because. When Homer was like calling her onto the stage and mm. Lisa didn't go on the stage, I was like, mm. why wouldn't she go on the stage? This is like a perfect sort of moment. Moment to show she yeah. believes in him, yeah. Yeah, and to like bring them together. And then even if he did fail, Lisa would be like, I don't give a shit if you're going to yeah, fail. I'm proud I'm, of you. I'm right. proud of you. Yeah. By doing it afterwards, it's kind of like they missed the boat there. Well, no, that, that is a very good point mm. because I thought there was a bit of a disconnect between. Lisa being proud of Homer and the safety salamander and the original offense. So I think you're right. Yeah, that moment would have solved that because she could have gone, he may not be perfect. Yeah, and she, wouldn't she be more proud of him that he's still standing out there yeah. and without the suit? And yeah, not relying on it, but yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I don't think there's that much more to say about the heart, is there? No, I would have liked to have had Homer own that moment a bit more so he goes I may be a man with a shredded salamander suit but I still believe in this town and yeah. I can blah 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 yeah. and have the town reject him for again it's a little bit of a callback to when he had hair and it's like this man doesn't even have hair yeah <laughs> well uh, yeah and that's uh, what I was like because there are elements of this episode that I'm like uh, they've done that before in the yeah, past it's a, but better. it's a little bit Lisa's pony and a yeah. little bit Homer with hair whatever that Demoxin or whatever that episode's called and it's when Barney swallows the coins hey this guy's paying off that was pretty much the Ralph routine <laughs> yeah <laughs> very similar <laughs> but again it's packaged differently enough that it's okay. yeah yeah. By the way, speaking of pony, why was there a pony? In, like, which kid is taking a pony to school? You didn't. I didn't. I may not have gone to your fancy private schools. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if that pony was on a, a, a what do they call them, a posting hitch, kitchen mm. post. There, <laughs> there's your private school education coming in again. <laughs> I know it didn't even go to private school. <laughs> you know this. I know. <laughs> I was just a nerd. <laughs> so ultimately, though, guys, did it feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Yeah, like one that was turned down a little bit, but yeah. It had its moments. Yeah, I think it was important watching the one we watched before this, because yeah. <laughs> by oh, comparison. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely, uh, it's 
brightness comes from the reflection of that garbage fire. <laughs> wow, how poetic. Mm. <laughs> yes or no, would you watch this again? Uh, yeah, I'd give it another shot. Yeah. I kind of feel like I'm not going to get anything else out of it. That's kind of the downside. But I had enough fun. Yeah, I'd probably check it out. Yeah, maybe if it's on. I think it passes a hangover test. Uh, hangover test for sure. Yeah. Bit of a phone scrolling episode. So. Even, a, even a plain episode, I think. Yeah, sure. So maybe if we watch it again, it's in a playlist. What playlist do we put it in? Homer Safety. To put it with the one where uh, he tries to shut down the nuclear plant for safety violations. Ah, uh, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, and then he ends up becoming the safety inspector. The one where he's a baby proofer. Yep, yep. That mm. one. Ah, oh, didn't realize he was in the business of safety so much. Yeah. Well, I'm just trying to avoid Homer jobs because that's the easy one. <laughs> that's yeah. true. And yeah, uh, political divides, I guess. Yeah. Quimby's position in peril. Yeah, put this with, um, you know, the one where the Mensa take over because Quimby skips town. And Sideshow Bob Roberts, where Sideshow Bob uh, rises to office of the mm-hmm. mayor. Yep. Wow, this is really an amalgam of a bunch of different episodes, isn't it? <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, now the more we talk about it, the more I can say, hey, this is made up from about, it's a patchwork episode from other episodes. So Homer and Lisa stories as well? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Bit of daddy-daughter day and Lisa's pony. Sure. So, Michael, what would you change about this episode? I, I guess that moment at the end would be the only thing I'd really change is yeah. just make, make it a bit more heartfelt and, and like what BT was saying, like make Homer own it more own that he hasn't got the suit but still stand up for himself and then yeah. have Lisa kind of embrace that a bit more to make it a bit more clearer that Lisa doesn't give a shit about the whole safety thing yeah. but just embraces the kind of person he is mm. and that he stands up for what he believes in and that he actually really cared about the town. Yeah. Oh, that's a really good point because although this episode wasn't bad per se, it did lack that emotional weight. Yeah, and maybe if possible, try and make some sort of callback to whatever they were doing with Bart stealing the Yeah, sign. I was kind of bummed that didn't turn up a little bit more. It kind of reminded me of the Jebediah Springfield head mm. in that, yeah. like, he was trying to compete with the bullies. Yeah, yeah. And, like, how they had the sign. What the hell's that portrait called? The scream. What the, the scream? Hell? Just stole the scream for some reason. Yeah, they stole the scream, and I was like, "Oh, okay, this is gonna be Bart trying to like outdo yeah, them." Yeah, yeah. No, nope. that didn't happen. Which is a I shame. guess they didn't really have enough time to squeeze it in. I suppose. I thought the bullies were oddly helpful in this moment as well. Like they yeah. sold it as peer pressure, but like they were like really helping Bart. Like, yeah, you get that sign, dude. <laughs> they normally don't give a shit about him. It's true. I guess he's engaging in criminal behavior. I do really like the line, though, of, uh, huh, that sign would look good hidden in my underneath my bed. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes, when I was a young teen, we went out street sign stealing occasionally, and they ended up hidden in your room. Yeah, that's <laughs> it, because you couldn't have them where anywhere mom could see. Anyway. No, but it's, nah. So, Oh, yeah, but that's the other thing. I didn't like how the bullies, uh, I think, almost murdered Millhouse. They didn't murder him, they just led him to be in incredible danger. Although I do enjoy the throwback where he has a cast on. Yeah. Ah, my flexi cast. Yep. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. It was no Millhouse Fugitive reference. Oh, oh no. my God, <laughs> so many things. Yep. Uh, BT, what would you change? I would crack this episode in two. So keep Safety Salamander Ooh. and the Bart stealing signs thing as one episode. Maybe have it be Homer finds some safety violation in the school that gets the school shut down. So in... in effort to try and win Lisa's respect. He takes the school away from her. You know, yeah. her favorite thing. I don't know where you go from there, but I'm also not being paid. And then leave the whole mayor election. I think there's enough to mine from that 
So maybe Homer gets really popular, but Marge is maybe also running and she wants to take it seriously, but Homer's just winning popularity votes. Sure. And then, yeah, you can have the same resolution. I do like the idea that there are so many candidates that no single one got enough votes to overthrow Quimby. So that resolution works surprisingly well, but it also means you get just packed jokes of political wackiness as yeah. every single as like like 50 people in town go for the ballot yeah and i don't think the political i think every other joke was good in that but mm. i don't know what they were trying to say with the Rainier wolf castle thing like oh, yeah yeah because we've come across this before where there was a previous episode where they suggested that Rainier wolf castle might be a nazi sympathizer and he's always meant to be this stand-in for schwarzenegger mm. when that's very much not the case yeah yeah, I don't get where the Simpsons were coming from, where they were making these, like... Where they got the connection between, yeah, Schwarzenegger and Nazism. I yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, because I remember one of the old episodes, they, like, Chief Wiggum was giving Rainier Wolfcastle shit yeah. for a movie that he was in, and it was mm-hmm. the last action hero. Yeah, like, magic yeah, yeah. ticket my ass, McBain. Yeah, so now that I think about it, it's like, okay, it's clear as day that yeah, it it's, is it's absolutely. Arnold. So, yeah you got to be a bit more careful, I think, what kind of jokes you're doing. Yeah. And, you know, that's one of the things that pissed me off about the Simpsons movie is that they actually had Arnold Schwarzenegger. It wasn't actual Arnold Schwarzenegger, mm. sorry, but... But it wasn't like, Rainier Wolfcastle. Yeah, but they modelled him exactly after Rainier. Yeah, and it's like, it was like a parallel import that they already had, but a yeah. different one. Yeah. No, yeah. that always sat weird with me, that mm-hmm. one. All right, yeah, what would I change... Yeah, I think, you know, I said the last one was just a bag of concrete. I think <laughs> this one is, maybe it's just missing a bit of water. Maybe they didn't mix it properly. It's a bit of a lumpy concrete. Yeah, some still functional, but lumpy. Yeah, some kids came along and wrote their names in it and then stole the street sign, so I don't know where I am a bit of time. Mm. <laughs> uh, this metaphor is getting away from <laughs> but, me. But <laughs> but they wrote some funny shit, at least. Yeah, <laughs> so <you're> yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, walking through the neighborhood the other week, I saw yeah someone writ in the path, Bonginator, like the Terminator, but for bongs. It's the bong that doesn't stop. <laughs> <laughs> it's traveled from the future to get you high. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> We're making a stoner comedy, I'm on board. But... Give me your weed, your pot, and your Grateful Dead album. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Come with me if you want to talk. <laughs> it's not great, but, you know, work in progress. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so what I'd change, I think I'd just like to see this thing have a rewrite, bit more solid story structure. I think I agree with you that pick a lane almost. Mm. And honestly, I'd be interested to see this episode without the safety salamander. I'd like to see Skinner just tell Homer, you have got to relate to your daughter because... Otherwise, we're going to lose our funding because she's keeping our grade point average above water, you know? And, yeah, because they have this other thing where they reintroduce Dr. J. Lauren Pryor, who we've only seen a couple of times since season one, the school psychologist. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of they brought him back for almost something that Skinner could have done himself. Yeah. Mm. So give him a bit. It just need more weight. Michael, do you have any other notes? Oh, the pirate flashback when the pirate was like, ah, this is a horrible Father's Day. I don't know <laughs> why I thought that was... Yeah, I like that Father's Day is so on Homer's mind that... Yeah, even in fantasies, his enemies have Father's Day. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Homer's line, look, Lisa, I made safety happen. Yeah. <laughs> and all the kids bust their teeth on the bus. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, this reminded me of the Toothcracker roller coaster. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, I mean, again, it was presented in a new way. It mm. wasn't a rip-off, but it was a good point about the whole buses not having seatbelts thing. Yeah. Uh, actually, I really liked the line um, when Lisa was telling Homer, you know, like, can't you just be like a normal dad and just take me to the zoo once a month? And Homer's like, come on, honey, you know I'm not allowed at the zoo anymore. I also like that they didn't go into why. They just yeah. left it to you. <laughs> left it's it like, to your imagination. Yeah, exactly. You know I'm not allowed back there. I also like that she mentioned that, yeah, it was uh, Janie's dad takes her to the zoo on his weekends with her. Then, yeah, we also we all know about... Janie's mom. Yeah, she's... She's the Stacy's mom of <laughs> of the Simpsons. You're looking for a good time. Call Janie's mom. Yeah, she's got it going on. <laughs> How about you, BT? Any other notes? Just one. So after Lisa breaks the window, Willie can be seen replacing it during the meeting with Skinner. Yeah. He, but then he drops it. <laughs> and they all look at him. He just starts polishing air. <laughs> it's a good little visual gag. I liked it. Good cover. Yeah. And especially because I was so disappointed with the axe break joke that was... Willie, fix the flickering life. I'm having my ramen. It's like, yeah. did you guys weird. hear the word ramen for the first time? And got to yeah. get that into an episode. <laughs> ramen noodles, how funny. Scottish people wouldn't eat that. <laughs> they would. They'd be deep fried, though. <laughs> Isn't the crest of Scotland deep fried as well? Yeah. <laughs> it's a thistle that's been deep fried. <laughs> All right, time for my final notes. Despite what I said before about Homer not selling his jerkiness in the start, he did say, oh, no, your present's great, sweetie. I'm just done with it now. Like, I thought, yeah. uh, now that I mention it, yeah, okay, that line was probably enough. To be fair, I've gotten books plenty of times for birthdays. The trouble is, you can't do anything with a book once you've got it as a present. You're like, look at that. I've looked at the front cover. I am actually happy about this. I don't know how to express that. Yeah. <laughs> so at least with Bart, you can take it out and fiddle with it and stuff. But at least you can be like, it's a book. It's whatever it does. It's doing it now. Uh, yeah, I've never thought, like, what are you going to do? Just flick through some pages? Oh, there's some words on that one. Oh, too. Wow, <laughs> there are more words here. Concurrently appears on one of these pages. <laughs> no, it's something Phil and I have in common of, even if you really like the present, I don't know how to express that, like, in yeah. facial and physical gesture. <laughs> so it's like, good. Yay. <laughs> It's not just going to start reading the book right then and there. So you like look at the back, you're like, the New York Times like this. Mm." (laughs) Says it's a thrill ride. I'm looking forward to taking that ride. (laughs) Riveting. (laughs) They do this weird cutoff to the bullies almost kill Melhouse where Dolph's like, whatever, I've got to go to Hebrew school. That was odd. I mean, again, it just wasn't a joke. And Mm. it's like, oh, he's Jewish funny. Yeah, it's just like, how do we exit this scene? Hebrew school. Mm. That is gold. Gold team. <laughs> Let's call it a day. Yeah. Actually, this was written by Stephanie Gillis, who, Al Jean's wife, she's uh-huh. the one who wrote Homerland. Mm, how's that racism tasting there, Stephanie? <laughs> Bitter. <laughs> and there was a joke I liked at the movie theater uh, with Eugene Levy guest starring in like the Princess <laughs> Rockstar or whatever yeah, the fuck the movie poster was. That was very much, yeah, of the era of like, I think this came out around about the same time as all the Anne Hath Hathaways yep. uh, Princess Diaries. So yeah, <laughs> Princess Rockstar totally made sense. And Eugene Levy as well, because after American Pie hit, he was just everyone's dad in everything. Yeah, which yeah. makes sense. He was a very dad figure. Yeah. You know, he's the only cast member of American Pie to have been in all American Pie movies. Well, yeah, just like your dad. He'll go to your thing. <laughs> <laughs> I like how Skinner was talking about the thermos that Lisa damaged. 
so silly. Yeah, <laughs> Does well. it still keep drinks warm? <laughs> doesn't keep anything. <laughs> it doesn't keep no drinks anything. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the Lenny cheering scene. Three cheers for Homer. Just what? three? I'm going to put Nelson back in this burning wreckage. <laughs> okay, yeah. six. I thought that was a good joke, but then th- they cut to Lenny going hip hip hooray by himself, mm. and he only does it twice before Homer goes, oh, you, or whatever. And it's like, no, why wasn't the town doing that? Yeah. And why wasn't he doing the oh, you it during the rest of the six times? Yeah, it would have sold the whole, uh, they love safety salamander so much they might even re- elect it mayor. Yeah. Mm. But just Lenny doing a lonesome hip hip hooray was, it was lame. It didn't solve the joke. Uh, yeah, a one person hip hip hooray is like the loneliest thing in the world. <laughs> yeah, you don't even get that far when you're the only person doing a one. You're just hip hip, and you're like, oh, it's all cool, no response. <laughs> I like how Homer, one of his banners was the lesser of twenty five evils. Yep. So tying into that thing again, but mm-hmm. I didn't like him like, and I'm good with tennis balls. Yeah. yeah, that was really fucking <laughs> random. Yeah. yeah, he was shitting out tennis balls. <laughs> Where were the tennis balls coming out from? Has he got like a hole? Or Same place as he had the chicken store. <laughs> ah, <laughs> see, maybe the chicken should have came out then. Yeah, yeah. And Carl going, "Oh, I'm all about salamanders. Fuck you, gecko!" And just flicks a poor little gecko. Oh, look, man, you can only care about one type of lizard at a time. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> yeah. For me, it's frilled neck or nothing. <laughs> Komodo all the way. Oh, I wonder how long he carried that gecko around for. I know, right? Entire series up until now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you look really closely, there's a small outline in his pants where the gecko resides. I almost hated that joke about the strangling Bart joke, but then it came good, I thought. Yeah. It didn't really make sense, though. Like, how the hell did he get a photo inside the house? Of... From that morning. Yeah, yeah. from that morning. But yeah, I, I agree that that did make sense, but it was saved by the fall-off line of, are we going to base this election on photos that were taken hours ago? Yeah, yeah, true. It was a good misdirect, at least. So they do another one of Milhouse doing his was-up thing, which, I mean, I get, and I get that he's doing a tacky line from a thing, mm-hmm. but just at this point, it's obnoxious and lazy. How old is that what's-up? Thing. It's like 98 or something. Yeah, it's Because I, I saw that in like Scary Movie and Scary yeah. Movie was like, yeah, 98. And that and it was based off a Budweiser commercial, if yeah. I'm remembering. Yep, yeah. You so, are. so why would Millhouse then be doing it? It was a big thing. It got, went viral. It, it They appeared on Oprah, the Was oh, Up wow. guys. Was so it? it was a big fucking thing. Well, but, the other thing is that every time that Millhouse does it, and he's done it like four times in this course of the series, mm. it's been meaning to sell the idea that Millhouse is tacky and lame and like he doesn't have a I didn't do it or an eat my shorts or anything and yeah. the best he can do is muster up this already tacky and lame uh, cultural reference. He has one. It's the status quo I caramba. <laughs> yeah. I just don't get that though because like every time he's done it it's been in newer episodes that yeah. were like ages after the Budweiser oh, yeah, thing. They are way past the use by date of that. So wouldn't he be no, nah, I mean, Simpsons do exist in this weird place where the writers have stagnated from where they've gotten popular and also their slight awareness of what's going on now culturally. Yeah, so, but like, I mean, it's the equivalent of chanting all the way with LBJ. Yeah. You know, it's it's way past. Definitely. And my final note is they mentioned Ben Affleck was working the campaign for them as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what was this a reference for? Well, I mean, it was just back then, Ben Affleck wasn't the hot property that he is now. Did he campaign for someone at some point, though? 
Oh, uh, no. I think they were just, just shedding on Ben Affleck for... It was popular to do for a while there, around about the Jiggly era. He's come so far. Yep, I think he has an Oscar now, doesn't he? Yeah, for uh, Batman v Superman, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know it's not. <laughs> well, I will say, though, he was the best part of that movie. Yeah, he you know tried, what? Everyone tried was so shitting hard. on Ben going into that movie. Right. Yeah. And, I was, and I was saying to people, I bet you that he's going to turn out to be the best thing. Yeah. He fucking destroyed Henry Cavill. What is it? Cav- Henry Cavill? Cav- Yeah, Yeah. I didn't didn't like Man of Steel because I thought Henry Cavill was pretty soulless in it. He's so boring, man. Yeah. Yeah. So boring. Did you bother with Justice League? Oh, fuck no. (laughs) God, no. No, Uh, no. I like, uh, yeah, because there was that whole thing in Justice League where they couldn't shave Henry Cavill's mustache. Yeah. And Uh, whatever movie that is that he had to keep it for is coming out now. What the? It's Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible. You're like, this is it. This is what you couldn't shave your face fucking mustache everyone's gonna watch mission impossible and be like holy shit like was it worth the mustache it's not even the lead like how could it possibly be worth it if you're trying to launch a multi-film franchise as superman how is it possibly worth not just shaving and having a stick on mustache how is that not easier than digitally removing the fucking thing all right guys it is time to rank this thing how about you kick it off b2 i came in on a bronze i'm wondering if i've slipped down to participants because i got some good jokes out of this and it's a fun ride i just don't know yeah, we'll go with the participant. I blurred something out later. Sorry, not participant. Uh, bronze, or should, should I go with participant? Because that's what I naturally slipped into. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm caught now. I really thought it was a bronze, but I just so naturally said participant. Yeah. Maybe that was a Freudian slip. <laughs> I'm really conflicted now. Sorry. <laughs> I, I really threw myself off. I am going to bronze, but I may blurt something out, as I already have. (laughs) (laughs) How about you, Michael? I'll go participant, because although, like, yeah, it's fun, and, like, there were some good jokes, Mm. I just can't see myself going out of my way to watch it again, though. Wow, that's surprising, like, uh, because... Yeah, I thought I'd be fighting y'all on this one because I'm going participant as well. And it's one of these ones where it was close to a bronze and maybe on a yeah. different day. Yeah. Like, I actually compare this a lot to Today I Am a Clown, the Teens Era mm. episode we did with you last time with Crusty. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, like, there were so many good jokes in that and so many small things that I love about it. But I just don't have it in me to seek it out again. And yeah, I, th- I think I'm going to go with participant as well because just, I'm just trying to remember the episode now. And I'm really struggling. Yeah. So I think we can all agree, though, that, you know, to viewers at home that maybe cure it, like... It's, it's a it, good participant. It's up there. But, yeah, it's... But, yeah, it just didn't quite catch the grade. Yeah, which is a shame. All right. Well, this will make this one a unanimous participant. It'll be joining other unanimous participants that we've done, like... We covered a few unanimous participants in our HD Wasteland, like Father Knows Worst. And I felt like that was another one where we were like, yeah, you know what, on a better day, bronze maybe, but it doesn't mm. have enough there. And pulpit friction as well in the wasteland mm. where Homer becomes the deacon, but that was like very much in the forgettable participant category. Oh, yeah. And other such episodes as Prankster Rap and Digs. Remember when Bart takes up falconry? Mm, yeah, that was an interesting one. And Simpsorama, the Futurama crossover. Happy Fry July, everybody. Although, by the time this is out, that'll... Well, it's really over. Yeah. <laughs> Hope we enjoyed your Fry July. Yeah. And also the Surfsons, the weird medieval episode, which dropped the Simpsons for an episode for some reason. Yeah. Actually, I kind of... This is similar to that in the sense that I had a good enough time. Yeah. 
Actually, yeah. no, that, that one was worse than this one. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that does it for our Teens Era episode. So, Michael, back in the early days of the podcast, I actually used to let the guests pick the episodes for me, but unfortunately it meant we burnt through a lot of the classic great episodes really early on. So I'm mm-hmm. like, no, I must take that control and <laughs> I'll tell you what to watch. But no, I'm going to give you some choice here to pick our classic episode for the evening. And now I've lined up three absolute banger episodes for you to pick from. I do not envy you. You can either choose between Burns's Air, where Bart becomes Burns's Air. Nice. Bart's Comet, where Bart discovers a comet. Nice. Or Bart of Darkness with the swimming pool and Bart in the cast and all that. So you can Ooh. choose between one of those three. Nice. Ooh. I think... Oh, I'm tossing between Burns' Air and Bart of Darkness. Yeah, fuck it. Let's go Bard of Darkness. Bard of Darkness. All right. Well, that means that was the 362nd episode. We are going to the 104th episode with Bard of Darkness. We'll be back. Millpool. And we are back, and we just watched our classic episode, and what a classic. This was season six, episode one. Ooh, another season opener. Mm. From exactly 20 years prior to the first one. Fascinating. Bard of Darkness, first released in September of 94, directed by Jim Reardon, and written by Dan McGrath. In this episode, you know the one, it's when the Simpsons get a pool and mm-hmm. Bart breaks his leg when he was worried about his epidermis showing. And <laughs> we see Bart go a little insane and suspect Flanders of murdering his wife. Guys, what did you think? Oh, that's great. Uh, oh. To use the language of the kids today, it's straight fire. <laughs> <laughs> it's lit AF. Yeah. I had so much fun with this one. Oh, man. It's... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to just start out the questionnaire. The moment from the story that stood out to me was just how well they nailed what it felt like to be a kid in summertime where, mm. yeah, you don't have school, but television fucking sucked. Well, at least yeah. it did back then, you know. Yeah, yeah. That, we didn't have the precious options of streaming that they got now. Yeah, you don't have an excuse for boredom these days. But yeah, back in the day, they would air shitty reruns. I actually made a note. I remember... Back in the day, they took Simpsons off syndication to make uh, way for fucking Brady Bunch. Oh, motherfuckers. Fucking Channel really? 10, man. Yeah. And what, what international wow. listeners won't realize, Channel 10 never took Simpsons off. Yeah. Ever. They would run reruns. They would never remove it entirely. So to remove it entirely during summer was ridiculous. It was like taking the sky away. And it's the exact time that you're at home all the time. And, yeah. you know, if you were a kid like me and you avoided sports at all costs, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, just there was just such a fun, youthful energy about this episode. Mm. But also, you know, the parallels of kind of sucks when it's so hot, you know. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. How about you, Michael? What's a moment from this episode that stands out to you for better or worse? Interesting, this episode came out the year before I was born. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) But yet I have such a a close, how do you say, closeness, affinity with this episode. Just the the hippie at the start singing <laughs> "Sunshine on my shoulders makes me happy" and that weird punched in the face. Yeah, that weird irritated guy just punching him in the face. <laughs> just, not even like just telling him off, just punching him in the face. Yeah, any reminder that. that it's hot, he's just like "fuck you." Yeah, I it, just 
always laugh at that. Doesn't matter how many times I watch this episode. Yeah, totally. And it reminds me of the song Dennis Leary's Asshole, yeah. where the line, I walk around in the summertime singing, how about this heat? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I really like, I'm going to mention two because I have to. Oh, um, yeah. What is the moment I, from the episode, better, worse, blah, blah, blah. I think we all got a pre-laugh the second the episode opened and it's Mole <laughs> Man coming out of his house. And we're like, <laughs> you sure are doing your job today, Mr. Sun. Just beams through his glasses and catches <laughs> fire. <laughs> Oh, oh rats! <laughs> Just his quiet dejection. <laughs> it's almost like, well, I'm gonna die again. <laughs> yeah, just anytime you see Mole Man, you're like, he's gonna die, but it's yeah. gonna be so funny. <laughs> but yeah, one of those things where the scene had already played out in my head when oh, you yeah. see him walk out the door. Yeah, yeah. the number of pre-laughs I got in this uh, was so good. But uh, one thing I want to talk about is a bit of an expansion on your point. I really love how this starts so simply. It's You basically explain the plot at the beginning to the Simpsons get a pool. Yeah. And that's more or less it until they get into this rear window parody in the second half, and it's so good. I yeah. love the very natural development from one to the next, like... Martin gets the better pool, so everyone leaves Lisa alone, so she spends more time with Bart, so he's the one who sends her into the house, like in Rear Window. Ah, so good. Yeah, you're watching a real natural progression of story, aren't you? Yeah, and it develops so much from this, the family is dealing with it being hot, to dealing with this murder mystery, and it does it so organically that you don't even really notice the shift from lighthearted family comedy to, you know, serious danger. Yeah. Well, I guess you're really just following Bart's sort of gradual mental sort of instability. Yes. And, you know, the second that Lisa loses her friends, then he's got an accomplice. Yeah, I even really kind of noticed Lisa's path on this one. She's like, shut up, Brain, I have friends, I don't need you anymore. To, look who's come crawling back. And it's like, well, now that I'm not popular anymore, I'm here for you. (laughs) (laughs) And she feels so guilty that, like, she's um, neglected Bart that she's willing to go out of her way to... Yeah, it's like, well, I'm here for you, but I'm not going to break and enter. Hey, 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 right. Guess we'll just read from my screenplay. (laughs) Kippers for breakfast again. (laughs) St. Tithens Day. <laughs> Tis replied at Helga. I'm going. <laughs> you would too. Like, and just uh, on that, before we move on with the questionnaire, I noticed for the first time in this watch, you get a little bit of glimpse of Bart and Lisa's relationship with themselves, mm. like with their own brain. Yeah. And Bart's like, oh, great. I got to spend a summer with my brain. And yeah. you see the, re- the crazy results of that. Whereas Lisa's like, fuck you, brain. Yeah. You, you had your moment, but i got friends now. Interesting they have that kind of parallel where Bart has obviously not spent a lot of time with his, whereas Lisa yeah. is always dependent on hers. Mm. That's probably why Bart descends into madness, yeah. mm-hmm. whereas Lisa, yeah. yeah. Just, just to, like, and I love her dissension as well, like uh, the, sen- the scene the where The literal she... dissension as all the water leaves the pool. Ah. <laughs> but yeah, just the way, the moment that she rejects her brain, she goes, Duh, oh yeah, I'd love to come to your family's summer place <laughs> <laughs> i love that character it's like they'll be swimming and badminton oh so many delightful misunderstandings romantic, <laughs> romantic misunderstandings <laughs> basically inviting her to a hugh grant movie yeah <laughs> he really was <laughs> all right so play count how many times before tonight do you think you've watched this episode uh probably 20 yeah 30 times yeah <laughs> Take your best shot, I'm wearing 17 layers. A <laughs> <laughs> hundred times, why not? Oh, yeah. So speaking of that 17 layers, was he saying that before Bart took the five? Or... I wondered that myself. Yeah. Was it originally 22? Did he notice him taking the five? Yeah. 
Write in mathematicians. <laughs> I'm going to assume from his language he says I'm wearing 17 layers, not 17 more. He uh, started at 17. But I noticed this as well. This is an excellent, just tiny little way to set up Martin as a nerd in this episode as well. Mm-hmm. Like, it'd be all well and good for them not to include this scene and you'd still remember who he was from previous episodes. That So, yeah, when he comes back later with his own pool to yep. steal all of Lisa's thunder. But, yeah, they do this little work just to show... Just to establish him early on. It's a nice callback when he does lose the pool and Nelson decks him. Yeah. <laughs> also that line about, like... Then I'll be queen. Yeah. King, king. <laughs> just yeah. to establish that he's a, this massive geek. Yeah. Yeah, but also that he's like kind of oblivious and cocky about it as well. Mm, yeah. Like, haha, I've got 17 layers. I've fooled you all. Well, yeah, and that I think that leads well into his final downfall where he's just like, yes, more friends, more allies. Over there, there's a few more inches. Damn those who say less. <laughs> and then that, you know, leads to the entire, it's, it's actually a nice parallel between his cockiness yeah. and, yeah, losing everything. Hubris! <laughs> so let's talk about some of the wacky moments of this episode. Skinner was knee-deep in the cast of M.A.S.H. for the Wax Museum. <laughs> there were so many great intro sketches here. Uh, the whole heatwave sketch was so good. Um, Marge turns on one van, blows her head to the side, turns on the other, <laughs> balances, and then just falls in her face. Fantastic animation. Yeah, the chili van. Uh, I was about to say. Texas-style chili. I was got ginger ale. <laughs> Boiling hot Texas-style ginger ale. <laughs> Texas. Texas. (laughs) And yeah, the ice cream. We're all out of ice cream. It's true, you know. (laughs) And it set up the pool mobile as well, which seems wacky, but they exist. Really? Really? Because a lot of inner city suburbs, Mm -hmm. like in the USA as well, I don't actually, I can't test to the fact that they're here but yeah in america yeah a lot of inner city suburbs which don't have have space or yeah exactly so to save the kids from busting a fire hydrant in the summer yeah they just have these pool mobiles that go to yeah the densely populated areas makes sense save money on fire hydrants yeah but i mean which i always thought was wacky because yeah when the truck stops and the water just goes through like it's like of course that had happened (laughs) that's Mm. physics damn it you can't escape it Oh, and I love how they played with that. Like, that animation was so good there. Yeah, and just Otto's at all, oh, no, we were only budgeted for one day. No, it's a bit of a tease now that I mention it. Yeah. <laughs> Any other wacky moments? Oh, well, the Amish man popping out of nowhere. She's <laughs> a fine barn, but sure no pool. English, you got to have the English on the Oh, end. yeah. <laughs> Doeth. <laughs> yeah, I always thought as a kid, how far, like, did they get through the butt? Like, it's not like a Lego set. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it kind of it makes the whole family look like idiots. Because <laughs> yeah. it's not just Homer assembling this thing. No, because, yeah, about the time that they're putting a roof on it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, wait, does pools have roofs? Yeah, endlessly worth it. For, I, I know we've quoted, it is a fine bar, but there's no pool English. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's perfect. And I'm almost a bit sad that Phil wasn't here for that one, because yeah. I know how much he gets a kick out of the Amish jokes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, any other wacky moments? Uh, Homer adds so much chlorine, Millhouse's hair goes white. <laughs> <laughs> he ages a decade. <laughs> oh, Sorry, there's so much to read through. My face is on fire! Uh, But, like, did you guys have pools growing up, or...? Yeah, I got a pool. Yeah, did you ever have that, like, the day after the chlorine went in, and... 
oh fucking every time I'd go underwater, <laughs> my, Eli, my eyes are burning. <laughs> yeah, I, I know our family definitely went through the more rain. Two other great moments of whack I do want to bring up. One is I'll save you, Lisa. Cast or no cast, <laughs> put into a bin. I'll save you, bin or no bin. And then hose, and then dirt, and then when he's crawling through Flanders' house, there's a trike and a dog also attached to it. <laughs> Such uh, a good escalation of yeah, just that great foible to his determination. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of escalation, that fucking itchy and scratchy skit. Oh, yeah. wasn't that great? Three thousand years into the future. <laughs> And uh, Scratchy's still alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A super breed of itchies that have <laughs> mental telekinetic powers. Yep. I love that sound as well with the oh and the mm-hmm. v-dum-f-dum-f. But they like they go to all this effort to comfort him and stuff and then make him feel relaxed just so <laughs> they could just destroy him mm-hmm. by throwing all these sharp objects at him. It's just uh, with telepathy. Apparently yeah. the mutant itchies are referenced to the Star Trek episode The Menagerie. Oh. Yes, there are a lot uh, of references. Which is a two-part episode of Star Trek. I didn't know you know Star Trek. Well done. I don't. I know South Park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, any other wacky moments before we move on? Yeah, what was it? All right. Now, continue swimming naked. Uh, continue. <laughs> oh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Open fire. (laughs) (laughs) You're just not expecting, like, oh, and then that's where it immediately cuts to Bart looking out the telescope, and the universe is just putting on such a show for him. So boring. (laughs) I got Grandpa Tart and Feather. Remember you got Grandpa Tart? Yeah, Yeah, that was was... 20 minutes. (laughs) As long as Gonna be in the tub. (laughs) Gonna be in the tub for a while. Wash off all these tar and feathers. He's not even, like, angry about it. He's just so accepting, like, yeah. Yeah, it happens. Uh <laughs> and then uh, Flanders' little scream. Oh yeah, and I love how now that's become canon. Like yeah. when he was freaking out about purple drapes when Marge is selling in the house, and <laughs> they bring it back. Then yeah, it's great. Uh, you had another bit of wackiness that yeah. you were trying not to burst into the microphone. Red and immediate laugh because I love the police hotline. <laughs> <laughs> if you know the crime being committed, press one. Just like from a range of crimes, press two. You've selected regicide. Yeah. If you know the name of the king or queen being murdered, press one. <laughs> now, thanks to that episode, we all know the definition of regicide. Mm. If you're being murdered, stay on the line. <laughs> <laughs> or being murdered or using a rotary phone. <laughs> and this is great because I fucking hate telephone dial-in trees like mm. this. Oh, yeah. And I often do what Bart did, just hit whatever numbers and just hope you, you get put onto a person. Yeah. Because oftentimes you'll just end up going, hi, this is my problem. Oh, okay, this is the wrong department. It's like, why did I yeah. go through the tree? Uh, it used to work. I don't know if it still does. But way back in the day when I worked uh, on the Pizza Hut call center, if the automated system detected a swear word, they would fast track you to customer service. This is, they don't do it anymore. I have tried since. Oh, okay. But if you call up Pizza Hut... And those like, hi, welcome Pizza Hut. It'll be a 20-minute t- wait. Fuck. All right, we'll fast track <laughs> you through now. Because <laughs> it would assume you were calling up to complain and fast track you. Yep. Even if you were like, fucking sweet. Yeah, so I would like get, <laughs> get put onto someone who was assuming I was angry about something. Like, yeah, hey, how are you doing? I just want to make a place in order. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good little shortcut. So, you know, next time you're on call waiting, give it a shot. All right, so how about the heart of this episode? Did you guys feel the bumps? Oh, man, felt for Bart losing his mind a little bit and all alone. Well, yeah, because you see the two people who would sort of come to his aid sort of just ditch him. Mm-hmm. 
first off, I mean Millpool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have seen that Rock Bottom have Millpool socks, and I want one. Oh, that's great. <laughs> but yeah, it, it totally ruined anyone who was getting a cast, and you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. That like was next... like the equivalent of writing first on a YouTube comment. You had to be the one to write Millpool. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, and also Lisa kind of abandons him because she goes at one point, but then is like, we're distracted by those guys holding their friend over and punching him in the stomach. She's like, <laughs> popularity. That was so funny, and like, it's one of these things where the guy underwater is like still waving at her. Yeah. It's like, look at me, Lisa. I'm getting beat up <laughs> <laughs> for you. <laughs> yeah, I felt for Homer and Marge. You know, they're just trying to get intimate, and then yeah. fucking just getting cock blocked by the police. By the police. <laughs> Which <laughs> doesn't work. Pools aren't pools and sex don't mix. Oh no no no, <laughs> no for that yeah yeah it's a concept though you always adhere to the concept <laughs> even though the practicality is ridiculous. It's well, like it should work right, but how does something so wet make everything dry? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like shower like yeah it, it doesn't conceptually no. hot. It only works in movies. Yeah. <laughs> you know, is burning in space still my number one fantasy? Yes. Is it practically impossible? Also yes. And they have tried actually. They've tried. Damn it! I've researched this. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah, they've tried that. Yeah, well, yeah. it doesn't work. Yeah, two main problems. One, blood circulation is very different, so uh, getting blood to certain areas is hard, ironically. <laughs> and number Hi-oh. two is uh, <laughs> uh, Newton's second law. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction, so every thrust forward knocks <laughs> someone further away, and they just keep drifting. Yeah. <laughs> so for those of you curious about burning in space, there is something called the two-suit, which is a two-person jumpsuit that... Uh, holds people together so they can try these things. But they've also sent married couples to space. A is either too hard to be alone, or B is just practically impossible. Yeah. Future generations will figure this out, but for the moment, no. Who says our podcast isn't educational? Yep. <laughs> Especially when you got a pervert who does research. <laughs> Sexual thing. <laughs> so, any other heart moments? No, I think just a general kind of family heart. Like, you do really feel for the family as they're dealing with this heat wave. And it's a very kind of... You know, when um, Bart's just getting a snack and Marge is like making sandwiches for all these kids, like, are all these people your friends? And he's like, oh, yeah, friends and well wishes. And then they all say hello to the wrong person and call Marge the wrong last name. Yeah. And... <laughs> hello, Mrs. Cunningham. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's like, I think that's a very understandable thing when you were a kid and, you know, maybe you had some people over, like, yeah, the more the merrier. And your parents are like, you're not fucking these people. <laughs> well, no, because like growing up, yeah, we were the family with the pool in often yeah. circumstances, and I totally related to that moment as well. Like, yeah, but <laughs> even then, just the general heat wave, I, and I super love. Um, oh yeah, let's not fit the heart moment of dad. As you know, we've been swimming and we've developed a taste for it. <laughs> now we've decided the only way to cure this is get our own pool. If you refuse, you'll be months and months of quiver pool, dad. Quiver pool, dad. Quiver pool, dad. And so, I understand. Let us celebrate this new understanding with a bonding of chocolate to milk. <laughs> oh, the adding of chocolate to milk. Like, I love Homer's just quiet resignation. Not even resignation. It's, yeah, I'd say it's, yeah, acceptance. It's almost like an enlightenment where he agrees with them and he's glad they've done this. And it's, it's a beautiful moment of <laughs> well, understanding. Well, it's kind of like in those older episodes where, like, can we go to Mount Splashmore? Can <laughs> yeah. we go to Mount oh, yeah. Splashmore? And he's like, no! Yeah, and I guess it's the callback without doing the full bit. They just yeah. reach the understanding. It's great. So yeah, yeah. Homer's like, okay, you've cited precedent. I've uh, <laughs> I've intellectually uh, absorbed all the information yeah. that you've presented to me. So let's go add chocolate to 
two milk. Yeah. <laughs> and I really love the bit before that where he's watching TV and they stand in front of him and he kind of tilts his head and he then slides off the couch. Yeah. And then only when they unplug it, they're like, oh, hi, sweetie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very good. And yeah, the family bonding moment over the fridge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, of course, you've thought about in the summer. Oh, just yeah. open the... F- like, I don't know about you. Did you guys ever work jobs that had like a big cool room? Oh, yeah. Oh, on, yeah. I do it now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, f- fruit shop. Yeah? Oh, I was all about that. Yeah, it was horrible in the winter, but mm-hmm. in the summer, it was gold. Yeah. One of my first jobs was fish shop, and so, yeah, oh. just go hang out in the cool room for a little bit. And now that I work in liquor, and people are like, oh, it's nice in that cool room, mate. And I'm like, yeah, we'll uh, rent you out some space if you want. And they're like, ha I'm like, I'm serious. <laughs> <laughs> How much you've got. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, same here with this fridge. Like you thought about this as a kid. Oh, just, yeah. <laughs> you got the idea from this. Can we set up the tent in front of the I, fridge? I'm sure, their motor overloaded, but my motor won't. Surely, <laughs> yeah. this is real life. And just how cute is a bit where Maggie crawls in and falls asleep on the Jello. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's adorable. I got the idea when I noticed the fridge was cold. Marge, <laughs> can you set the oven to cold? <laughs> oh, Homer. All right, guys. Did it feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Yeah. Definitely. It is a fine episode, and it feels like <laughs> it's The Simpsons English. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we talk about a lot about the concept of not characters breaking, but bending, and yeah, we get a little bit of Bart madness, and what would he do if there's nothing else on television and all he's got is his brain, and his creativity is actually kind of interesting in this episode. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's playing Stratego, where he's like, I don't know where the bombs are, maybe <laughs> this will loosen your tongue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The fact that he's writing a play, like, fuck, he must be bored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do love how he's like, Ah, you know, television. I can watch this, and it's like, "Hey, kids, I'm away for the summer. We'll run classic Krusty." Yeah, <laughs> back when it was a serious talk show. Yeah, Krusty show has taken on a lot of forms over the years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shinka, <laughs> groovy man, groovy man. <laughs> I see. So everything's wrapped in a nice little package, <laughs> is it? <laughs> oh man, how good was that joke? That is the best. What it is? Sorry if it sounds sarcastic. <laughs> Homer and sarcasm oh. are just. Recipe Just, for mm, name a more iconic duo. Yeah, <laughs> always reminds me of that other time when he's like, you know, Ooh, I'm making people happy. <laughs> yeah. I'm in the magical land. <laughs> and then he has to come back <laughs> yeah. and be like, Oh, I was being sarcastic, by yeah. the way. <laughs> oh, uh, so good. And yeah, that was a great misdirect with all Flanders and stuff at the end. And when he was singing Mary Had a Little Lamb, I'm like. Yeah, if you recontextualize Flanders, a lot of his behaviors are creepy. Mm. And yeah, I think they, they played that quite well. <laughs> like when he puts the axe down, it's got a little sign that says, only you can prevent accidents. <laughs> I was like, oh, it is on <laughs> Yeah, and the whole like murder mystery element of it, I really yeah. love. I love that it was just him overwatering a ficus, <laughs> which we do pronounce ficus in Australia. But yeah, that he overwatered it, so he was taking extra care of it. Yeah. <laughs> so, Wasn't that he forgot, it's yeah. that he did too much. So fucking perfect. Mm. Yeah, it's a great little, little detail that keeps in yeah. character, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I lo- oh, God damn, this episode is excellent. But mm-hmm. yes or no, would you watch it again? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Of course, we're watching it again. What playlist do we put it in? Summertime. Yeah. Heat waves. Oh, definitely, yeah, because Lisa's sack starts out with a heat wave. As mm-hmm. With the air conditioner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I'll throw this in with the Sarcastic Homer playlist. Very uh, good list. I was, yeah, I was about to say. Yep. Uh, parody. 
Yeah, oh, I was yeah. going to say, Film especially parody. Hitchcock parodies, to so put it with uh, oh. Ma- Maggie the ha- hitting home with a hammer Yep, yeah. and the Psycho parody there. So have you seen Rear Window? Where yeah. I haven't seen Rear Window. Yeah, but, um, see it, it still holds up really well. Who's in it? James uh, Stewart. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy Stewart. And I like how yeah, they included him in this episode doing the Rear Window thing. Oh, there's a nefarious looking kid looking at me. And then he falls down. I was just going to say, there is a, if you prefer your entertainment to be audio based, there's an episode of Suspense Radio that has Jimmy Stewart in it that's pretty good. I forget what it's called. Yeah, but cool. uh, if you just search on YouTube, Suspense Radio, uh, and Jimmy Stewart will pop up. Yep. Oh, and this was a bit of wackiness that I forgot to mention before, and it is a bit of a Jordan Zanel corner. Bit of a Jordan Zanel corner. Yeah, a telescope isn't a microphone. Yeah, I was thinking the he same thing. He wouldn't be able to hear all those people. <laughs> Still funny. <laughs> I hope someone got fired over lap <laughs> Yeah, what were the other people that he sees? He sees Hibbert and he's watching... Uh, Skinner just sharpening pencils. Of course he would be. <laughs> and I love the implication because it's during summer. Yeah. So this is he's he's doing. There's no school, of, yeah. and he's just coming just to sharpen pencils. He's getting all this uh, uh, little jobs out well, of the way. You have to get it done then, because right. you leave it till the semester starts. Huh, you're behind. Musical moments. What were some of the music that stood out to you? So there's very good suspenseful music when Lisa's going through the house and Nettie shows up, and mm. that's very. And good. yeah, that's when he's Mary. Had yeah, her. and there's a bit that I'm sure is a visual parody, but not too sure when he's Bart's like. Oh, so what's so good about a pool anyway? What can you find can you have there you can't have in the bathtub with a plastic bag on your car? So it cuts <laughs> to this kind of, maybe it's Prince of Tiger. I think it's like a big showy, like 1950s movie number with everyone diving into the pool. I'm just yeah. not sure exactly what it's from. No, it feels like every musical movie of that era yeah. synchronized swimming routine. Yeah, pretty much. Editing by Elia J here to say that it apparently it's a visual reference to the work of Busby Berkeley. And I feel like they n- nail it with like everybody wearing similar costumes and then Lisa's got all the flowers in her hair yeah. and she's totally like, I'm the princess, I'm the lead in this movie. Queen of summer, thank you very much. <laughs> and yeah, Homer floating in and making the little beer fountain. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> So magical. Speaking of the Queen of Summer, Martin sings a little bit of the <laughs> Summer Wind at the end, which mm-hmm. Frank Sinatra song. Yep. Yeah, that was great. And this is another thing that we have hit upon where back in the old days, you know, they needed to cut corners on animation. Yeah. And what's going on here is there's three zooms. Mm-hmm. And the first zoom, his mouth is animated. The second zoom, it isn't, mm-hmm. and they're just pulling back. And then there's a third zoom that they sort of just do a quick little fade in and out of. Mm-hmm. So they've essentially done this big, like, crane panning shot. Yeah, for virtually nothing. <laughs> and it's amazing because it doesn't feel like they've cut corners. It still looks beautiful. No, and it doesn't feel cheap either because I like Martin's sort of like, well, I've done this to myself kind of moment. And he's just kind of standing there em- embracing his nudity in the summer. <laughs> Yeah, especially the summer wind, yeah. which he would be feeling. Well, even has uh, the gentle caress of a warm summer's wind. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Any other notes? Start with you, Michael. Yeah, I got Mill Pool. I think mm. we <laughs> mentioned that at, at one point. Very I'm much. a mer diddly erdler. <laughs> yeah. If that's not Flanders, he's done his homework. Yep. Ah, oh, and epidermis oh, yeah. is uh, your hair. So uh, technically, it's true. Apparently, yeah. it's actually your skin. It is. So, but I think it's just Nelson getting it wrong. Cause, you Which know. is like super funny because, yeah, yeah, then as a kid in school, you'd be like, uh huh, I know a long word. And then, but they spread misinformation. It's actually your skin. That makes <laughs> sense because I'm, I heard it in Seinfeld as well. I remember yeah. George being like, stress is very bad for the epidermis. Yeah, when he's a hand model. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I just remembered I had a Seinfeld did it notice for. 
the last episode. Where was it? But I did forget to mention, yeah, I loved the in the last episode, not this one, where he was celebrating safety by having safety lit up in fireworks. Oh, that's right, because Homer, as the safety salamander, once the fire breaks out, encourages, you know, everybody get out, trample if you must. Yep. Uh, and, you think, yeah, very yeah. reminiscent of George and the fire. <laughs> Thanks for bringing up Seinfeld, man. Remind me. Oh, I love bringing up Seinfeld. It's like, because during a fire, you always stay close <laughs> to the ground. I love his Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> Seemingly, to the untrained eye. <laughs> I was panicking, but I was clearing a path. <laughs> Were we going to rely on the clown? <laughs> Eric. That's not even a Eric. clown name. <laughs> Eric the clown. Bozo the clown. Hey, man, it's just a gig. You're living in the past, man. Assassin <laughs> with a clown from the 60s, man. Interesting. That's John Favreau as the clown. Get fucked. Yeah. Like uh, uh, the Iron Man's directors. Yeah. Holy shit. I know, right? Did you know that? No. But there were so many people who would eventually be stars in Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Kate from Drew Carey shows up. Mimi shows up at one yeah. point. Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston. Yeah, and as, um, uh, as the regifter. Yeah, that's right. Um, and Skylar as well. Anna Gunn um, yep. was one of Jerry's numerous girlfriends. Yeah. Uh, so was Jigsaw. Yeah. Oh, um, Tobin Bell. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah as the record store guy. Um, How about you, BT? Any other notes? Yeah, just got a couple. Uh, let me have a look here. I really love the lighting on Bard when he's like in his full darkness. Oh yeah, and, and they have... comes to see him and. And, like, throughout the episode, they have, like, the, mm. the crow's feet and the, the dark circles under his eyes gradually darken. It's Yeah, Reverend Zinker's Bard of Darkness obviously referenced to Heart of Darkness, but it's not parodying the plot of Heart of Darkness. What's Heart of Darkness? Uh, Heart of Darkness is a book by Joseph Campbell, I want to say. Yeah. And the movie Apocalypse Now is loosely based on it. So, basically, it's oh, about okay. heading up a river to kill a dude. Oh, right. Yep. Um, so, I think it was, yeah, obviously a, a reference to literal darkness. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I still appreciate that. And, oh, yeah, when he gets taken to the emergency room and the nurse is like, get this kid a magazine. <laughs> Stat. <laughs> yeah, I would have actually appreciated a few more uh, jokes in that. I don't know, just various injuries. But, yeah, all we see is a packed emergency no, room. I, I appreciate it because this episode is packed. So, yeah, how about that algae scene as well where Homer just, <laughs> just confidently jumps in? Yeah, and... I just love, uh, ah, Lisa, the blob's got me. Don't touch me, it'll get you too. <laughs> Oh, that's perfect. And yeah, just once again, you feel the pain of the kids as the um, you see the reds of their eyes. Mm -hmm. Like, it really brings you back to that feeling of having your fucking retinas burning from chlorine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's time for my final notes. So one of the other things that was melted in the wax museum was the Beatles. Yep. As a Beatles fan, I liked that. Uh, sorry, but dude, we gotta load this up with Epsom salts and get it to the old folks' home. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Just it's one of those oddly specific references. Mm -hmm. Epsom salt. And when they're at the pool dealer and all the other names for the pools, do you guys remember any of those? Uh, there was the Instarups, the lightning rod, the lightning magnet, lightning yeah, magnet. the tinkler, <laughs> the ti ooh, the tinkler, <laughs> and the hick tub. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, Marge asking a genuine question. Listen, lady, this isn't my main gig. I play keyboards. <laughs> I do love that. Uh, there was an optics fest and I wasn't informed. <laughs> you go now. <laughs> There's a joke that I'd cut where Homer was like, why would Flanders murder Maud? She's such a fox. I mean, what's on Fox tonight? Something lowbrow, no doubt. That kind of comes back to an old episode when Homer got really drunk and he mm. kind of... And he was like ogled at cleavage. Yeah, and he ogled no, no. at um, the ones Maud's at the bottom. Cleavage. Yeah, he's, so I kind of like that. Yeah, he's always kinda... had a strange attraction mm. to her. 
Yeah. I think you needed that scene at least because you needed Bart to tell the parents because that's the yeah. first authority you go to and they need to dismiss it, I suppose. Oh, definitely. Yeah. But uh, yeah, if you wanted to cut it, that's fine. But I don't think it's No, just that bad. joke. But yeah, I love everything else around that scene. That's where we get Grandpa Tartan <laughs> feathered. Perfect. <laughs> I was at Bible camp learning to be more judgmental. <laughs> of course she was. <laughs> And my final note, and this is like another one of these best asbestos and how to cook for 40 humans joke, yeah. where there's a, a human head. Oh, Schumann's head of lettuce. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, first of all, why would anyone, I guess murderers want to label their... <laughs> you don't? <laughs> it is time to rank this thing! <laughs> how are you going to know? <laughs> uh, Michael, kick it off. Ah, gold. Gold, not going full QZ? Cubic zirconia? Oh, uh, I'll go gold because I do like this episode, but it's not top of the pile. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm going full cubic zirconia. I'll watch this yeah. any day of the week, I think. If you're going to watch The Simpsons, it is such an essential episode. Uh, BT? I think you could make the argument that it's not essential, but no, I love it. I think it's pretty much flawless. It's packed beginning to end. I love the ride. I love how we go from a simple family issue of being too hot in summer to uh, Alfred Hitchcock parody. Yeah. And we do it so well. So yeah, Cubic Zirconia for me, it's, this is great. I had so much fun. All right. So ranks all locked in. Yep. All right. Stop trying it's to pressure gold. Him. It's gold, Jerry. <laughs> it's gold. <laughs> all right. Well, this will be a dull Cubic Zirconia all around. It'll be joining other such episodes as season six's Homer versus Patty and Selma. Mm -hmm. Also, it'll be joining Bart Gets an Elephant. Nice. I, I Love Lisa, where Ralph falls in love with Lisa. Bart After Dark, another Bart Dark episode, but yes. I think, yeah, that's the burlesque house. Yeah. And uh, what else? Simpson spin-off showcase, the Cartridge family, and H-O-M-R when Homer gets a crayon lodged in his brain. Mm. All right, guys. Well, that'll about do it for the Simpsons Index this week, but before we get out of here, we just like to mention a couple of things that we've been enjoying uh, this week, other things, music, podcast, other media. So, uh, BT, what have you been enjoying outside of? It, it's just Darkest Dungeon stuff. <laughs> If I haven't mentioned before, The Wicked and the Divine is a very good uh, graphic novel series. Check that out. Uh, so how about you, Michael? What's something you've been enjoying lately? Uh, I'm currently listening to uh, The Disaster Artist, the book again. Right. I, oh, okay. I, yeah, I read that twice, but I have to do like a book report, so now I'm listening to it. And uh, fuck, it's a good book. Yeah? Yeah, it's really... Uh, did you guys watch I, the movie? I saw the movie. I didn't think too much of it. Really? Uh, yeah, well, I think my big problem with it is that... It felt too much like it was being in on the joke rather than telling you anything about the process of making it. Yeah, the, the book goes a lot more in detail yeah, about yeah. the actual process of making it because I feel like the movie had to juggle a lot, so it kind of squeezed yeah, the light in which there. Which is fair. I, I, I felt like, yeah, it was trying a little too much to be a comedy rather than something with, that gave some kind of insight to this. Like the bit where I knew this girl who had boyfriends all the time. One of them found out and beat her up, and they go, ha, ha, that's such a great story. It's like, okay, you're not supposed to laugh there. You want to take that again? Yeah, yeah, sure. And then he laughs again. And so that's the movie laughing at the bit that I laugh when I'm sitting on the couch so watching the movie with my friends. Yeah. But I don't want it to be in on the joke. I want it to explain how this ridiculous thing got built. Oh, uh, that's... But in the book, it's the same no. thing because, uh, because the book is from Greg's point yeah, of view. Yeah. And the whole time... Really, Greg is just saying how Tommy is such a weird fucking guy and he doesn't understand 
anything to yeah. do with film logic. Which doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, but. and that's where all the humour comes from is the fact that Tommy is such a strange fucking person. Yeah, yeah. I think that's where the book might be a better way to absorb this because the movie has the problem as well. It's trying to tell a story and it's yeah. trying to be a film. Rather yeah. than being someone's experience. And the problem I noticed watching the movie, but I had to like let it go, is that the movie still makes Tommy more sympathetic. Mm. Whereas mm. in the book... Tommy is a full-on cunt. Yeah, the whole... <laughs> the whole time. Yeah, but at the same time, you're kind of like, hey, Greg, can you really be shitting on Tommy? I mean, at the end of the day, you're kind of successful because of yeah. Yeah. the movies, so you, you shouldn't really bite the hand that feeds you at the end of the day. Yeah, very true. So it's a bit of a... It's interesting. Mm. Yeah, I'd say the thing that I'm recommending at the moment is glow season two and mm -hmm. i'm dying up here season two i'm dying up here really didn't grab me on the first season but because i'd watched it all i became invested in the characters but i actually think that they're taking the right turns with it all in the second season and it's become quite a compelling show for me it's a sort of a dramedy about stand-ups mm -hmm. and it's loosely based on the comedy store and paulie shaw's mother who yeah ran the comedy club there and yeah it's so worth checking out i reckon but the first season is a slog. All right, guys. Yeah, that about does it for us. Thank you, BT, for joining us, as always, except when you're not. Millpool. <laughs> and <laughs> thank you again, Michael, for coming by SideQuest Studios tonight. No problemo. And give another shout-out for your podcast. The Oz Culture Podcast. So our last episode, we talked about Mario Tennis. And our next episode, we're going to be doing a retro movie review of Jurassic Park. Ooh, I'd be looking forward to that one. Mm -hmm. And actually, after your episode where you reviewed the new Death Grips... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I actually checked out that band, and I'm super into them, hey? Yeah, I, I, I wasn't really big on them, but uh, Nathan and Blake, the other two guys from the podcast, are huge fans of theirs. All I knew about them was that one of their album covers has a small dick on it, and I was <laughs> like... <laughs> That's got interesting. That's okay. bold. <laughs> That's bold. That's yeah. artistic. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, it's a really interesting thing. So it's basically three elements. It's mm -hmm. a drummer doing blast beats with like a synthesizer DJ um, electronica sort of glitch guy and then dude rapping over it. And okay. these are all elements that I think probably I wouldn't like altogether, but I, man, Death Grips works for me. Something they're doing, all right. All right, and I've been your host, Elliot J. O'Neill. That's all the mustard in the house. Thank you for listening to The Simpsons Index Podcast, which is also an online spreadsheet available at thesimpsonsindex.com. You can chat to us online at facebook.com slash thesimpsonsindex or at simpsonsindex on Twitter. And now please stay tuned for the bonus scene. So let's get into the questionnaire after I go grab my Coke, which I forgot to bring in because I haven't got my shit together. <laughs> <laughs> Goddamn. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Elliot, when you listen back to this, get a barrel, get like a scooping claw, maybe mechanical or otherwise, and get your shit together. <laughs> there we go. I am moistened. So in am the I. Mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Moisture is the essence of witness. And witness is the essence of beauty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, damn it, almost had a smart reference to the Black Death. But, you know, once you hit record on a podcast, you lose about 20% of your brain function. <laughs> Ain't that the truth. Like how I just almost forgot the word function. <laughs> Speaking of which, wackiness. What is your favorite car album? Like, what's an album that never leaves your car? Best of Queen. Very good answer. For me, it's Russia's Moving Pictures. Far, uh, the Best of Prince. 
Oh, nice. nice. Yeah. Remember as a kid growing up, yeah, it was always the Sony versus Nintendo, Sega mm. versus Nintendo, when I started out as a Sega kid that it defected. <laughs> <laughs> but then, yeah, in 2008 or whatever it is, seeing Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games oh. on a Nintendo console. Oh, no. Peace at last. And then, yeah, Crash Bandicoot appearing on the Switch, and the rumours won't stop persisting that he might be in Smash Brothers. Yeah, seeing Sonic in, like, Smash Brothers, also mm-hmm. Snake, yeah. yeah, Metal Gear Solid, how they had Cloud from, like, Final Fantasy in the last Smash Brothers. Yeah. yeah. Lots of crossovers. You know what I, I never understood was Sega Genesis, you know, uh, was that the one that you had, the Genesis? Yeah, yeah. I, Mega Drive in this country. It's another one of those Where's Wally, Where's Waldo things. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I had the Genesis, uh, aka Mega Drive. Yeah. I never. Uh, the controller just never felt right for me. Oh, it's a bad controller. It is compared to like the Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yeah. was cozy. Yeah. That's... Well, I mean, everyone raves the NES one. I'm flying. I'm like, no, no, that's a square. That hurts. <laughs> yeah. Like people do not have sharp edges. We don't. <laughs> It's very basic. Not anymore. Design. We evolved out of that. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> but yeah, I'm still trying to think. Like, I think my most comfortable controller is probably Xbox 360. <laughs> that yeah. is a really good controller. Yeah, it sits very nicely. I like the weight of it as well. Yeah, even though I, d- I never had one myself. But yeah. yeah. I reckon the Pro controller for the Switch is really good. That's yeah. Good. And, like, I like elements of the PlayStation 4 controller, but also it's, like, it doesn't feel right. It might just no. be my hands. I, no, I've mm. honestly never liked the PlayStation controller because, okay, the Xbox Ones have the thumbsticks in two different locations. Yeah. And I find that lets your hands sit, whereas PlayStation has it both in the same, so you, like, kind of like that. Yeah. And so it kind of pushes your hands inward, which pushes you away from the controller. That and it just feels really light. It always feels like I'm holding a wheat bix. Yeah. <laughs> just, it, it, it feels like I could snap it if I got frustrated enough. Whereas, yeah. you know, the Xbox Ones have that bit of extra weight and it feels sturdier. Yeah, I feel like the yeah the way they've got the analog stick is much better. No, definitely. Better suited ergonomically or whatever. Yeah, so I think the asymmetry works a lot better than symmetry for, the, for mm. analog sticks. Well, it's also because of how much you use them. You're always mm. going to use the left one more, so it's better that it sits up higher. Yeah. Um, whereas the right one, you just sort of tend to flick it for camera yeah. stuff. So, yeah. Also, the GameCube controller was really good. Yeah, mm. I think that's easily one of the best designed ever. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that once you stopped looking at it, it worked. But like when you first see it, it's like, like what are these fuck? kidney buttons and the shit's yeah. going on here? But yeah. no, it was super comfortable and. But no, out. I prefer the kidney buttons oh, as no. well. Yeah, once, once you got used to it, it's incredible. Yeah, because it's again one of those things. It's more ergonomic. You had the A button nice and big. That's your priority button. Tiny mm-hmm. B button, and yep. then easy to hit X and Y. Yeah, off it was to easy the side. to roll from A to the X and Y. Yeah, mm. yeah. This has been conversing about controllers on Simpsons <laughs> Index. The controller index. <laughs> Not gonna uh, lie, weirdly interesting. <laughs> I do that podcast as well. Mm.